podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your, myself, your nerdy treated George, and with me here today, the queen of apes, my mom. Hey, I can be the, I, I sat with gorillas. You sat with gorillas and. For an hour. While I was watching one of the movies, I kept going, monkey. 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 Yeah. yeah. So. We just came off of watching two King Kong movies. One had a giant lizard in it. Yep. Which... They both actually had pretty good-sized lizards. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess for I guess for both of these movies, there will be spoiler warning here, in case you haven't watched a 2017 Kong and Skull Island and King Kong and Godzilla because there's a thing and there's like a act three thing that happens in King Kong and Godzilla that we really can't talk about without actually like spoiling what is like a big surprise in it I think because it wasn't teased in any of the trailers and it wasn't it's not well known ahead of time so I assume we're we're, we're talking about the creation yes okay so well we don't have to say what it is I, 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 I kind of want to talk about it because it's so it, interesting. It is interesting. I find it kind of interesting. So again, the spoiler warnings for stuff that's happening in both these movies. But we'll start off with Kong and Skull Island. Um, and I was I didn't realize it was kind of set in the, uh, during like the seventies at all. Okay, so so lots of surprises. Um, of the two movies, I liked Skull Island better. I kind of like it better, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't seem as contrived. I, I to I, me, I, I could agree that like I think it's not as forced. I think Kong's in King Kong or Godzilla versus Kong, um, very and, much I, feels like a sequel to something. As where I think Kong on Skull Island very much felt like it was its own standalone, very much its own standalone thing, and very much left open the possibilities for future stuff. So so in, interesting things about. So, so it it opens with a really cool sequence from World War Two mm-hmm. of kamikaze pilot, well pilots with a with with uh, there, 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 there airplane was, fights. Yeah, so it had been like a dog fight, and both of both of these two pilots, I guess, crashed on this island. You know, oddly enough, like they somehow got far enough from the combat zone well am i right in understanding yeah they got far from the combat zone although you did see another another plane out there Mm -hmm. um so i think there were more than just the two planes i thought potentially yeah yeah so um they both crash within within 100 yards of each other football field yeah give or take yeah about 100 yards on a beach and they both parachute out and land on the beach they both have guns. Am I correct in understanding that when they tried to shoot the guns like a force field? Because it looked like when he was trying to shoot the Japanese guy like a force field was keeping that from happening. No, I it think they're weird. just. I think they were just both lousy shots. Okay, because they spl- they splatter sand. Yeah, I, I, I it's. Okay, but our it, guy. So, so what it comes down to is our guy doesn't have a sword. No, our guy doesn't have a Their sword. Guy has Their a, guy has really a, both a sword and a knife. Um, so typical Japanese uh, samurai would carry two swords with them. One of them would have been their uh, katana, which would have been their main weapon, and they carried a second uh, wasakashi, I think I believe is the correct term for it, or wakashi, 
um, which is basically like a shorter, shorter sword so, or knife even. So we are back in 1944. Yeah, 1944, I believe, is the time frame that they put it at. Okay, and and the two end up uh, like like marooned on this island. Marooned on this island, and they they where they leave it with them when um, is is that that the American is at the edge of the edge of the cliff. I'm mm. sorry, I already forgot his name. I, I, it's, John, I it's John C. Riley that plays him, which is yeah. luck. And, and plays him well. A, an older version of him later on, but there's a right. younger actor that plays him. Early on. Yeah, but um, so he ends up at the edge of, edge of a cliff. The Japanese guy is coming after him, and all of a sudden... Kong just kind of like lifts up out of the cliff, from the cliff, and you're just like... Oh, we should not be fighting each other right now. We've got something else to deal with, and that's where it leaves. It it just kind of ends that that scene mm-hmm. and our experience in 1944 just ends with them both on the edge of this cliff, looking at looking at Kong, Kong. and you're just like, well, now. And you don't know what happens. No. So then you go through this really cool fast forward sequence scene, carried by different famous people speaking. And all these news clips and, and news stuff. clips, um, it really well done. I thought because I could very easily follow exactly how we were forwarding through time and and caught really quickly onto what they were trying to do. Yeah, they they done that in the in the last in they did that in the 2014 Godzilla and then yeah they did that they've done that I think also in um, Godzilla King of the Monsters and again in Godzilla versus Kong as well. So it's it's a narrative thing that they're doing that they enjoy doing at least. Yeah. Um, and I think and I like I it because, do it well. Because you get the feeling that like you're seeing like historical photos and that you're seeing historical news clippings. Um, and then the title sequence often kind of like feels like it's redacting like certain names and places and stuff. Um, so it really does feel like you're like looking in on like the stuff that you shouldn't see or that you're you've stumbled across the musings you of a have, madman. You have unique information. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and so I, I thought I thought it was well done. You're you're right. It harkens back to to Godzilla. You see it with the with the the, the Brian Cranston character. Mm-hmm. Um, with the news clippings and stuff. Um, I thought that was I thought I I felt very clear with where we landed. Yeah, and it we land the scenes for yeah, it. and you land at the end of the Vietnamese War. Mm-hmm. Um, Nixon has said we could peace with honor. S- such a lie, and I was alive back then. But um, <laughs> um, and you ended up with peace and honor, um, peace with honor, and um, starting to evacuate troops out of Vietnam, and you have an excellent John Goodman. I was I did a little reading afterwards about about how they they cast that role for somebody else initially. Oh, and um, and and uh, that person ended up with filming conflicts, and um, and that's how they ended up with with John Goodman. But oh, because uh, he just he lends a whole lot. To he the is story. he is the, he is that I I can't see anybody else playing it. Um, he is he is very good at. And one of the things that this movie does, I think, extremely well, is it doesn't fall into that that habit of having um, huge comic relief. It has some soft comic relief, 
Yes. But it's not, it doesn't um, resort to cheap comic relief. No, and I think that's been true for a lot of these the movies from Legendary here at the end of the day, is that they really do feel as if they're they're treating this with a lot of respect and a lot of due difference, and where there's a joke that you could be made, it feels more natural than forced in a lot of cases. Well, and, and I like I like John Goodman as a serious actor. He was mm-hmm. in a film a couple of years ago about um, blacklisted um, Hollywood directors that he was extremely good in. He was in Argo, mm-hmm. and again, extremely good in. And here he is actually playing a serious role. He is, a, he is this is a man, a, this is a national treasure we can't lose. Yeah, so, and what's interesting about it is he's playing somebody that people think is a absolute whack job. You've got a senator trying to avoid him um, because he wants to outfit a group. They've got satellite imaging now, mm-hmm. and he wants to outfit a group to go to Skull Island um, to to look at underground hollow earth. And, um, and he's a diehard believer and it's not played for shtick. And it's not played like he's... A crazy person at all. No, Obsessive he, he, or any of those things. He's not Brian Cranston in, no, in no, Godzilla. No, no, he's who's, not. A, who's clearly obsessed. He's played as, he's played as, a, he's a scientist. And like you, if you don't, you have to fund our our research. If you don't, you, the you, Russians will get there first. Yeah, if you don't, the Russians are going to get there first, and we could lose out on any number of different medical breakthroughs, technology breakthroughs, in power sources. There's Who something. Knows? There's something on this island. Yeah, there's things something disappear here. there. All those things, and 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 the the and he's from Monarch, so I hadn't realized that Monarch dated back that far. Yeah. I, I, I got the impression that it's been around for a while. I think back from the forties when they were doing secret. It's it's, it's very low key. Yeah. It's not well known. But I hadn't realized until that that Monarch had been around quite so long. Mm-hmm. It's early Monarch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Although it's it's clearly um, an institution. It's clearly something that people are aware of. It's gotten government kind of like funding CIA, before. Though I had the feeling. I, I I got the impression from it that Monarch was like this group that like started at like 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 a Stanford or something and just got big like enough. a think tank sort of thing. Yeah, like it got big enough in the '30s and it was credible. It, it was credible at the time, and then it, over time we've we've you know we've kept removing funding from it to the point where we were like you know what like maybe we don't really need to fund this right now and. It's gotten to the point where, like, now people are obviously, like, trying to dodge, you know, John Goodman. Why would you dodge John Goodman? Because um, uh, he's a crackpot. But he is, it, and I was afraid when that, when you have that scene, mm-hmm. because the senator's canceled on him. Yep. But the senator happens to walk in during that, during during the time he's trying, in, He's trying to leave yeah. the office right as yeah. they're coming in. Yeah. So, um, I, when, I, when I first saw that scene, I thought, oh, God, they're going to play him as a crackpot. But they didn't. No. And and he's he's actually, um, in so many ways, the root of the movie, and not, not to spoil, but when he is no longer with us, I was really sad. Yeah, because you kind of felt like this was the guy that was going to be around for a while. You wanted him to experience the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted him to get back at the end of the day. You did, and, and not to ruin, but he, he doesn't. So John Goodman's there to basically 
convince the senator to fund research to let them go to Skull Island, essentially. Now, there's already a team there that's going to be going to the island to to study it already, but he just wants to kind of piggyback off that. Oh, see, now, I didn't, that's not the understanding I had. The understanding I had was, was he was putting together the expedition. That's why, why he finds the tracker, Tim Huddleston. So my so part of my understanding was is that um, there was already there are already kind of, people in Vietnam, which is close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, to get the military take, escort. Uh, yeah, and they need a military escort. So, the, but it was not my understanding that there was already a, a, a team going. So yeah, my, my initial understanding was that there was a team that was already trying to go already, um, and that they were going to try to piggyback with them here at the end of the day. Um, and so getting the military sort of to help out was, uh, you know, was an extra level of, uh, of scrutiny here at the end of the day that would allow, that would get them into the group at the end of the day. Um, and that, and that was my understanding and maybe, you know, maybe upon second viewing, it'll become slightly more clear what was going on. But again, my understanding was. Okay. Or at least that was so, my so, understanding. Yeah, so 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 we have different understandings there because I thought he was putting together the team. Either way, he's got um, he's putting together a team and they're going to to detonate charges, nuclear charges, nuclear some sort of munitions. No. Yes, yeah, so they're dropping seismic charges, which are which the intention here is that um, it'll help map the. Um, under the map the the theoretical hollow earth, earth underneath underneath the island essentially and it's being and it's being marketed as a survey mm-hmm. but it's clearly they pretty clearly figure out it's yeah they're, they're they're trying yeah i mean this i think this initial element here is, meant, is that this team was meant to kind of survey the island because you know by this point in time i mean like it's the last you know it's it's an island that that had nobody's charted before. I mean, like, right. Almost everything's been charted at this point here. So, this is you know one of those cases where it's like, oh well, let's and, and people avoided shipping lanes avoided. There's been uh, ships that disappeared. You actually learn as time goes on that that John Goodman has personal experience with the island from way back when. Um, he was he... on a ship. So he was on a ship that got attacked, I believe, by Godzilla. Yeah. Or some Titan at that point. Point, yeah. And it's he, not clear who. It's not clear who. I mean, I, I think it's implied to be Godzilla potentially, but yeah, he survived, and so as a result of him surviving. But nobody believes what he, he was the the sole survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and nobody believes him as far as what happened to the rest of the crew. Yeah. So I mean, like. So this, you don't learn that until much later, though. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he he puts together a team that has um, a, a female photographer, who is, who's, uh, who is... who's well known for her her war photography. She's mm-hmm. been embedded with various groups. And so it's Brie Larson. Yeah. Who's previously played Captain Marvel and a couple. Which is of why I'm wearing my Captain Marvel T-shirt today. She is. She is wearing a Captain Marvel T-shirt. Um, so she's elected in to go on this mission as well. Yeah. And again, everyone's kind of a little bit confused. It's like, well, it's an unknown island. You know, I've been a war photographer who wouldn't want to go just take pictures of scenery now at this point. Which is what she thinks she's in for. Um, and 
and all and it's um and then you have have uh, tim huddleston who is the tracker yeah so tom huddleston is a I'm tracker sorry, sorry. Of, of some sort that's been in vietnam for a while here now and worked and helped find people at the end of the day um and he's there to track something and it's not clear what they're tracking necessarily but I guess they need like a. They have to pay him a whole lot of money. Yes, they're paying him a lot of money to be there. And 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 you get the sense that he kind of knows. You know, because he asked them, "Do you know what we're tracking?" Mm-hmm. Well, no, not really. Not precisely, no. Yeah, um, but he kind of somehow has a sense that it's it's because he charges them six times the going rate. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he figures it's something important. So. Well, he figures it's something dangerous. Yes, that too. Yeah. From there, we've got... Uh, and then we get to Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> okay. So, so mind you, one of my favorite movies is, is My Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, or The <laughs> Hitman's Bodyguard. So, I have I have odd, odd theater taste. Um, well, we, all, we also like Red a whole effing lot, too. We do. We do. It's true. Um and and I'm a personal fan of Tropic Thunder, but you know that's that's just me being bizarre. Um, so Samuel L. Jackson it it leads up a. So he's a, a lieutenant colonel of some. He's a lieutenant colonel, and he's a he's you know he he feels very disingenuous about leaving the war at this point. You know, so leaving the Vietnam War, he feels... He doesn't really want to go home. He doesn't... Well, he doesn't want to go home because he feels as if they haven't actually accomplished the mission at the end of the day. Uh, And at the same time here, he very much feels as though... um, He wants to win it. He wants to win it, and then leaving actually is a sign of cowardice um, that, you know, is not acceptable for him. And so going out on this mission here is, you know... Because I think basically once he would get home, he'd basically be retiring at that point. And he, you know, it, it's it, it, very much when you're in the theater of war, like you want to like win it and you want to be in it. He needs the adrenaline is what was, was my thing. Because he, he, he makes some seriously stupid uh, decisions. decisions. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. And and again, it's it's watching Samuel L. Jackson, you, you're you never quite sure which Samuel L. Jackson you're going to get sometimes. Cause, like, oh, some, this, this one is full on nuts. Oh, yeah. No, this this one is a full on ardent obsessive. It, However, his men his men respect him and follow him. Mm-hmm. No, it, it it brings me back to another movie. So there's a movie about uh, man. It was a movie back in the early two thousands. I can't remember its name off the top of my head, but um, it's basically about a investigator that's tracking uh, who's in, who's basically like a police detective, I guess, uh-huh. who's working for, or some sort of detective that's working for the military police after a training accident gone wrong. Gone wrong. But inside of it, because um, it goes through different flashbacks of people narrating what happened, it goes um, with differing points of view and incorrect points of view. Right. But um, inside of it, you have Samuel L. Jackson, who is a... Um, Marine or, or some a, a, not a marine or maybe he's a marine drill sergeant, um, who's like full on slightly crazy but also like everyone respects him so don't f with this guy kind of guy. That was this version of Samuel L. Jackson I think um, as well. Okay. 
Um, and, you know, even when, so they're all loading up into helicopters and they're flying out and he's just and like. And how many helicopters have they got? They've got three or five. Oh, they've got to have at least a dozen. Yeah, I mean, they've got quite a few. And and, and cool to watch them take off off of the aircraft carrier because mm-hmm. they're all on an aircraft carrier at this point. Yes, yeah, so they're all on some sort of like tanker or aircraft carrier of sort. That's going to come back in three days. Mm-hmm. To pick them up. up. Um, that becomes critical. Oh, yeah, very critical. So all the, so they are, they're flying out. So they've got like one part, you know, military people from the army. And then they've got one part you know, surveying crews and everything. And so they, they, so the big thing here that they need the helicopters for is that surrounding Skull Island is basically like the worst weather possible. It's got its own electrical storm. Mm-hmm. And purple lightning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not even, it's not even white lightning. It's, no, it's yeah. purple lightning. Um, but they need the. But they figure that the military guys will be able to fly through it with their helicopters. Well, the one guy mm-hmm. wisely says, "I'm not. We're, we're not going. I'm canceling. We're not going into that." Mm-hmm. And and John Goodman's like, "I'm going. You going? Yeah, I'm going." Well, we'll leave it up to the. Uh, we'll leave it up to the military guys. Yeah, you leave it up to Samuel L. Jackson, who says, "Yeah." Yeah. Well, we're going, and then he's like, "We're going." And 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 if you're shy about um, swear words. There are a few. It's not your usual Samuel L. Jackson. It's not every other word. Well, Samuel L. Jackson has his... Mo- I mean, like... It depends on the character. But again, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like... this. But again, this is not the movie that if you're the church... You know, if you're like the... You the know, the church great, lady. You're not not the church lady. You're not going to go see... You're not going to see, you know, a giant gorilla flouncing around in an island. You do that well. I, I was like, because I was watching Saturday Night Live with you guys recently, and they had yeah. church lady. lady it's yeah. like, oh, how do I pull off Dana Carvey again? Yeah. No, no. Then you, chan- yeah. you worry there. You channel Mrs. Doubtfire eventually. Yep. Which is a movie I actually kind of want to go back and watch again. Good movie. It's a good movie, yeah. So they get to the island. And, you know, after the storm... They lose how many helicopters? Okay, well, well, first off, they get to the island and they're dropping these seismic charges. Well, they uh, they offload a bunch of stuff first. Yeah, so they they offload some equipment, some computers that are like the size of refrigerators because that's what they would have been. Well, we had back then. Well, that's what they would have been in the 70s. We're in 1972, by the way, so... Oh, I thought we were in 73. I thought I saw a sign that said 73. Or 73, I think, 73, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, so. Um, no, no, 72, because remember, John C. Riley later says he's 28 years old. He's been on the island for 28 Eight years. years. So okay. from 1944 plus 28. Okay, all right. So, or maybe 1973 if you, you give or take a year. I don't so. care. Okay. okay. Um, so. Either way, platform heels and bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they get to the island and they're dropping off charges and they're basically surveying the land, and they're basically coming to the notion here, like, yeah, this place is hollow. The hollow Earth theory is real. Real, yeah. You know, and you've got you've got a scientist and and uh, and and sort of his sidekick, the gal. You so well, you have well, two well, women. Yeah, so there's you, a, there is a scientist who wrote who wrote a paper, and the only person who took his paper seriously was John Goodman. Goodman. Yeah. Um. And, and then he, there's another scientist there as well, also presumably from Monarch. Um, 
I, she's like another sidekick that's just kind of there. She doesn't really have much of a role, though. She doesn't. I, I was going to ask you, what is her purpose for being? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I think as long we, as it wasn't just me. No. Because I, because I, I could not um, peg together. Why why she was there. Why she was there. I, I, I in, in this part of me is kind of like the mean part of me, but like part of me wants to think that she was there because you needed an Asian person in the in the cast. And I, I, and I know that's a very disingenuous sort of answer at the end of the day. Well, no, no, I, 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 and, and you did have, you had this, oh no, that was the other movie. Yes. Never mind. Um, I just, I, I didn't under, she never had an active role and I felt like if you were going to feature her, she was underwritten. Oh yeah. So there might, there so, might've been like a director's cut or some other scenes that, had her doing more stuff there like maybe she was i like to think that she was some sort of zoologist potentially well and i liked i liked the thought that you had another woman and you didn't just have one yeah you just didn't woman. have brie larson at the end of the day that that was it yeah so so i liked i liked the concept that you had another woman but um but but whatever whatever the intent was with her the, was she was utilized. she was not yeah yeah, that's a good way to put it because um, I felt like like whatever role it was that she was supposed to play, I, I was just unclear. I was unclear, and I'm glad it wasn't just me. I was unclear with what her purpose was. His purpose was, I thought, even underutilized because because as much as he was a scientist who believed in hollow earth, you didn't get to get to hear him go goo goo gaga over the fact that his theories were right yeah you didn't get to more or less just kind of a tag along like you yeah. like you understand john goodman going on on this trip at the end of the day it's his trip yeah and so like and this is the guy that like would know about the titans and other items on here um yeah. but the other guy never professes to really knowing about the titans necessarily or or the weird stuff that's out there. But he believes in hollow earth and his theory, which which up till now, I mean, he tells us flat out, this is the only guy who believed me and even that I didn't particularly like because she's kind of, he's kind of a crackpot. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I guess, I guess I felt like, like both those characters really were underdeveloped. And they got underutilized. To, underutilized, and they got to live. Yeah, and that's the odd part is that they got to live. It'd be I, I wonder. I just I'm complaining about it because because if you're that boring, you deserve to 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 die. Well, what I think would have been more interesting is that if these were characters that you're were expendable, in, they were both expendable. Very expendable. Well, what I think would have been more interesting is if these characters were actually in Godzilla, but this was the younger version of them. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, so we, we can talk. U- we can talk about how they chose to do that too, mm-hmm. because I have comments there as well. Yes. Okay. So so you have you have the scientist whose whose theory is being proved true, mm-hmm. and he's like not ecstatic about it. Well, we don't get to see him ecstatic about it, but because I think the events of what happens shortly thereafterwards sours him at that point. I'd still be excited about being right. Yeah. Um. So the yeah. helicopters are kind of out there, and they find Kong, and they're just kind of playthings, aren't they? Oh yeah, no Kong. 
They've decided that Kong is an enemy and that they've got to destroy Kong, so they just start un- trying to unload on him. And Kong's very much of the opinion of, wow, this is annoying, and just kind of, in a lot of cases here, just swats him out of the air or or just like kind of like tosses a tree grabs at one of them, them grabs yeah. them, and just launches them and just annihilates them. Now, one of the things that happens that does get picked up later on mm-hmm. is that he has blood on his hand and he handprints a, a cliff. Yeah. I don't know if that's a recent or or a, a, either that's a recent thing or that's an older thing at all necessarily. Yeah, we don't we yeah. It's because right. um, so we'll come back to that point here a little bit later I think, but because at, it reoccurs in another movie. Yeah. In another movie. Mm-hmm. Part so, of the continuity. Yeah. So then basically after pretty much all the helicopters are taken down and mind you we're still in like day 1. Yeah. Um in like in what feels like the afternoon of day one, almost. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, it's got to take some time to go through all the firefight. It's it, it's a lot of firefight. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I want to say, part of the reason why I enjoyed this movie more, um, is it felt less obvious in the CGI. I thought that yeah. I thought that the um, fight scenes, especially the the air fight with the helicopters that are just playthings that can be dashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and them shooting shooting munitions at at, at Kong, um, I thought it was really well done because sometimes I, I'm sitting there watching a movie and I'm thinking, oh, it's special effects. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm watching the movie and thinking that's great action. And and this this had the that's great action response for me, whereas the next movie, I I was very aware that it was CGI. Yeah, I think this one, I think, what lent itself really well because, like... Maybe the setting. It might be the setting, but I also think it's a lot of your investment in the stuff that's happening. I really liked the characters. Yeah, I liked the, I liked the characters in Kong and Skullite, and I felt really more invested in it. I mean, so I don't notice the, the CG as much. And, I mean, I, I, go, I think it goes also back to... I mean, I think you notice CGI more when it feels out of place, when out of place in something um, because it's that uncanny valley at the end of the day. You, you're sensing something that Isn't doesn't quite right. feel quite right yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and I can tell you what it is in the other movie. You know, I know exactly what it is in the other movie. Do you, okay. But, but, well, but when we talk about the other movie, do, mm-hmm. do tell me. Because I, I felt like, first of all, I, I felt like Kong was, was just artfully done. Mm-hmm. I love the hair on him. I love the, I love the, I love the slow movement of him. I love, I love the the roar. He, he, he feels right. Oh no, yeah, no. He feel, this was a this was a very well done thing here, and and I think what makes it feel right at the end of the day is that um, it's done, but they've done motion capture on it here, um, and I believe they got one of the same studios that that's been doing the um, uh, Planet of the Ape movies as well. So if you have a team that's already been doing a lot of gorillas and monkeys and everything, you might find that they're continuing to do a good job of it at the end of the day so so moving the story along we mm-hmm. can, I, um, so so, our, so the main people that have names survive that's always a great way to tell who survives is that if you get a name or you get more than well, Chapman doesn't survive oh no he doesn't no he has a name 
There's a few people that don't get to survive at the end of the day. Yeah, no, there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of death. And, and some, <laughs> some pretty gruesome means of it, too. Um, How do you want your epitaph to read? I died by getting swatted down by King Kong. I got swallowed by... A monkey. No, I got oh, swallowed by... by. Well, we'll talk about there's them a, there. Okay, so there's, so basically the way we have to further describe this movie now is that there's two teams at this point. There's Tom Hilston, Brie Larson, and, a, and the researcher side. Right. Who have all found each other and are trying to go... Trying to follow the river up north to get to the northern part of the island, which is where they're going to meet up in three days. And then there's the military side led by Samuel Jackson and tagging along um, is John Goodman. Um, with... And they and they get separated. And they're trying to find each other. They're using the, the walkie-talkies, which some sort of, like some sometimes so work a, and sometimes don't. Yeah, so there's a radio interference on the island that basically makes radio communication almost non-existent and barely, and doesn't work properly. Um, but there's also just the craziest things in the world. So, I mean, so literally, like, as soon as um, Samuel L. Jackson has the moment to talk to John Goodman here, he basically is like, you okay? You're right. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, right. Pulls out his gun and is like, so you're going to need to answer my questions right now. Yeah. You know, like, what? You, what? This isn't really surveying. What? What is this? Yeah, what, what are we actually here for? Or, you knew that was out there and you didn't tell us. And he's like, well, we didn't know what was out here. What? What would we? What would we have told you prior to coming here? There might be a giant lizard, you know. Like we don't know. We don't know what was going to be here at the time. We knew there might be something here. We didn't know what at the end. Well, of the day, at though. what point is it that he tells us? And mind you, I mean, part of part of what makes this movie, I, th I think, to me, enchanting, is that they spend twenty minutes before you ever get on the aircraft car carrier, developing the the. The soldiers. All of them. The mm -hmm. guy who writes letters home to his son, um, the kind of wacky soldier that is a bit of comic relief. He's kind of he's kind of Spicoli, right? Yeah, very very kind of deadpan serious. Well, and um, and uh, and and so you you spend some time. You you meet the guy who's in the bar. Mm -hmm. um, so you spend some time getting to know. I mean, the only one I really didn't feel like you got a background story on was was Brie Larson's character you just know that she's a she's a war photographer and right that this is almost like a, everyone keeps thinking like this is a step down for her yeah everybody everybody's wondering why she would want to even do this and and she's like come on it's the unknown mm -hmm. um and all and one of the beautiful scenes I mean first off and we we completely washed over this because we we got into they arrive and there's there's pretty quickly uh uh Kong's there and he's he's annoyed mm -hmm. um but when they first come through the electrical storm there are some beautiful scenes with the the big scene with all the pterodactyls mm -hmm. and what is it with pterodactyls they're in the next one too so so you've got all the like a flock of pterodactyls like seeing a flock of flamingos and um and you you it's lush and it's beautiful and it's vivid and and it's jurassic and when they first when they first get to the island before they see kong and she's snapping away like crazy because it is visually 
Very beautiful. Very beautiful. And that is true throughout the movie that visually, and it's true in the next one as well, that visually this world that's created is is really fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's just a, as a comment. It's a very like untainted sort of beauty at the end of the day that it, hasn't that hasn't been discovered here just yet and you know certain things will and won't get discovered yeah um but oh yeah no again um absolutely beautiful so the two teams are trying to get north however one of the team samuel jackson's team is actually trying to get to one of the pilots who was piloting one of the bigger uh, helicopters that has all these munitions munitions and napalm and other items on it here that will help them on the island because he wants to bomb the shit out of it. Well, because Samuel Jackson wants Kong. Yeah, he does. Because he, 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 Kong took some of his men. Oh yeah, and he very much wants he, to. Uh, he wants settle revenge. the score. Yeah. Um, as where Tom Hiddleston and their team are just trying to get to the north part of the island so they can get off the island. Yeah. Um, midway through, um, you get uh, Samuel Jackson's crew encounters. Um, what I guess is very conservatively a spider. Okay, okay, that's a that's a. Oh, so you've got a guy standing still mm-hmm. with his mouth open, and you can't tell what's really happened. It looks like like a piece of bamboo has shot through him. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, well, how did that get through him? That's that's you're you're looking at going. Well, that's kind of different. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's a spider's leg. Big ass spider. Like like, like three, three stories, stories tall. Yeah, at least, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a spider's leg. And they're suddenly like... Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And the spider, it, spider, it's not just a spider. It's got kind of like crab claws on it as well toward its head. It's, it's got pincers and... and um, it, it's, it, and it's, it's decided, mm, humans, we haven't eaten this in a while. Yeah. And, you know, they barely make it out of there. And now everyone's just like very much on edge. It's like, we thought what we just the had hell? to do. We, we, we just, we had thought we just had Kong to deal yeah, with. Yeah, we thought we just had a giant monkey. But no, we've got like a spider that looks like the forest. Shit. Yeah. Um, Tom Hiddleston meets, you know, what is conservatively also the greatest underwater yak of all time. <laughs> I like the underwater yak. Um it's a yak with like the horns that are he's like... a water buffalo the size of an airport i mean he's huge he's huge he's got to be the least the length of an airplane yeah and he, he's... he again it's with moss growing on his horns mm-hmm. and these horns are just kind of curve out it's, it's a it's a full-on water buffalo it's got to be like with the horns it's like a it's like in the the, the length of the horns at least got to be like a Four lane expressway or something. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. It's no, like it's, he's, big. he's like, yeah. And Tom Hendelson is very much of the opinion. He was like, let's not shoot this. It hasn't done anything to, to us. us. It's just hanging out. Yeah. Uh, but then Tom Hiddleston's group finds what they weren't expecting, which were ruins. Well, and, and let's go back here because pretty early on you get the setup. The mm-hmm. setup is science team, environmentally friendly, nonviolent, 
wants to learn. Mm -hmm. Military team, shoot it up, kill it. Don't care about the consequences. And, And so you very quickly have that dichotomy and that dichotomy follows you through the entire movie. The entire movie. So it's always, there's you're good and evil here. You're uncertain about who your evil is in terms of are there other evils. But but you very clearly have. You clearly know. A white team and a black team. Okay. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, like good guys and bad guys. Yep. Clearly you know which, which team is which at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, in this case, the bad guys aren't trying to hurt the good guys. No. But you very clearly have, yeah. Yeah, there's clear, very clearly animosity if if you get in our way. Yeah. Uh, so Tom Hiddleston, which is the good guy team, I guess. Yep. Um, come across these what look like to be ruins of something, and they're just like, oh no, there were people on this island at one point. Yeah. And there still are people on this island. So you, yeah, you come across these stone ruins, mm-hmm. and they're taking pictures, and suddenly she realizes as she's focusing. Their eyes looking back at her, they just blend into... They just blend into the rocks. Yeah. And then, so they're, they're basically surrounded, and they haven't started firing yet, but they're very much of the opinion is like, whoa, they, whoa, They whoa, are whoa. completely surrounded. Yeah, they are completely surrounded. And then comes John C. Riley, <laughs> who's, who's like dressed up like in his old aviator gear, and he's just like, guys, 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 I told you. I told you. They would come. And he's just like... And he knew they were coming. Mm-hmm. How did he... And, and it's never explained to me how he knew they were coming. That part I don't I understand you, either. I, I told you they were coming. and But he, he 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 makes a point later on of saying, I dressed up for you. Yeah. Because I, I dressed up for you yesterday when I found out you were coming. So he knew they were coming. Yeah, it was very he, much... He says that. And it's never clear to me how he knew. I wager that he heard the he heard the explosions going off, which is probably not a normal occurrence on the island. And well, yeah, but but it, but isn't that the same day that that they find him, or is that overnight? No, no, that's, that's I, I again, it's still my understanding. This is all taking place in the same day so far. That's my understanding as well. Yeah, and so I I was trying to because he says he says well you know when I heard you were coming yesterday, I I I I, you know, I, I, just, I got dressed, dressed up. up. Yeah. So, and, he, and he's talking very much as if, like, guys, guys, come on. Like, we're all, yeah. Yeah, everything's perfectly fine. And he sh- and everyone else is just like, they never white s- man here? What the? Yeah. Well, because so they're surrounded by these natives. It's not clear. They're sort of Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. I, what I, one of the things I wanted to point out that I found interesting was they all have face paint on. Some yellow, some blue, some, some red, mm-hmm. different colors. But it looks very binary. Yes, yeah, very kind of like a circuit board or yeah. square square lines and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they they've got these designs painted on them that look to me very binary, like a circuit board. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was, and it's obviously very intentional. And I didn't know whether that was supposed to be contrasting a native culture with today's culture or or what what. I think it was trying to be otherworldly. Okay, so so I'm overthinking it. No, I, I don't think you're overthinking it. I just I, I got the impression that it was meant to be kind of seen as being otherworldly and See, different and I, than what you would have normally seen. And I wondered if it was trying to communicate that that there had been um, 
aliens there or had been something something had or been, they've been or they've been cultured or somehow by whatever Kong or whatever else had been there potentially or, yeah. or the energy force that's there yeah I mean like I, I there was th- it was clear to me that, that 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 was intentional and I was trying to, I was trying to get to what it was trying to communicate yeah it was it, because it, to me it seems very intentional it could, and there very much could probably be more to it I, I don't know what that is unfortunately yeah. off, offhand unfortunately yeah. um, but so yeah so um, John C. Riley takes everybody back to this encampment of these natives that are on are on this island here and John C. Riley is explaining how like oh look it's a capsized boat this is sacred hollow ground to them because it's been here for like 40 years now or something and, in some and cases. they and they walk into the capsized boat which is the boat that the john goodman mm-hmm. had been on had been on um and it's it's been painted very coolly like pillars that change the appearance as you walk by them by the angle yes yeah, so they, they painted something onto the rocks and based off where your perspective is it would show you different things and sometimes it shows you like one scene showed like King Kong or it had like King Kong was baiting up something else and other ones had like you know the, the skull dead crawlers yeah yeah, de- yeah which, just dead which, family which I like the name of it here because John C. Reilly's basically it's like yeah the, you know Kong protects us from the things that come from underneath us what are the things coming underneath us we call them skull crawlers and then he's like you know, actually, now that I say, you know, actually, we don't call them that. They, they, they don't have a name for it at all. It, mind you, none of the natives speak a single word, but John not C. A, Riley, not a single thing, but he can communicate with them. Yeah, like clearly, John C. Riley's like, you know, a, apparently whispering to them in some way or form. Because at some point, they tell him, they say you can spend the night, you mm-hmm. can shack up here. Yeah. Uh, and they eventually, and they eventually, you know, like. You know, wait. You know, and eventually say goodbye for to John see John C. Riley. He's been there for twenty eight years too. Yeah, and well, and as it turns out, he lost he lost his the samurai just a couple years before the samurai Gung-pei. had huh Gungpei Gungpei yep. And, but and, and Gungpei had lived too, and the two of them. You never really hear the story. It'd be an interesting story. I'd mm-hmm. like to see a prequel. The two of them, uh, you know, became friends and right were on this island, and you know, and. You know, had they not been in war, they would have been very good friends at the end of the day, and 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 were by the end of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. But then you've got um. And then, they, but the, what they also show off is that they John C. Riley's been making a boat. Out of the two planes. Out of the two planes, in which he he's you know gotten a lot of it working together, but just they're missing parts or they're just. He needs a mechanical know-how. He's not yeah. a mechanic at the end yeah. of the day. Thankfully, one of the guys that is that's with him is a mechanic. This is, and this is kind of our comic relief guy. Yeah, a little bit, a little comic relief. But John yeah. C. Riley is fairly comic relief as well, but not. But not overtly. Over the, yeah, not overtly. This guy's this this is our little Spicoli type guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of kind of very seventies sort of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Um. Meanwhile, um, Samuel L. Jackson is trying to get to Chapman. Chapman, um, and eventually, so come the second day here, they've found each other at least, or they've been they've they've, they've made contact. They make contact with each other, and they they've shot a flare. They know how many ticks they are away. Mm-hmm. What is a tick? 
Um, I mean, it's obviously a dist a way of marking distance. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how how far it is necessarily. Okay, I just wondered. You're two ticks to the north. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like okay. Or two hours. I mean, like I. I'm assuming like the ticks might be on like a clock, so maybe it's like yeah. two hours away. Oh, that would make sense. Okay. Potentially, I mean, like it'd be nice to it'd, it'd be interesting to hear from somebody who actually knows what that means. I guess. Yeah. Um. So they find each other, and they're very much adamant of the notion here that it's like, well, we still need to get to that one helicopter because we're not going to leave one of our guys behind at all. Um, meanwhile, that one guy has already been eaten. Yeah, they talk about not leaving behind Chapman, but mm -hmm. Chapman, for, for, for all that the Samuel L. Jackson wants to save him, you don't really get to, get to know him. He's, he, is, he is the, you get to know him beforehand. He's the dad who writes letters to his boy. Mm -hmm. Other people make fun of him or, or talk about, well, you know, put in your letter that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da happened. Mm -hmm. So it comes up a, a number of times. Um and, and they're going to rescue him. There's munitions there. So they do want to get to where he is. Yeah. And, so, and, and I, I wager that Samuel Jackson, outside of wanting to get one of his soldiers back, really wants to get those munitions that are on that helicopter. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's really his... his and to get really. to the helicopter, they've got to go through what is basically... Uh, the elephant graveyard from Lion King. It is. It is. It is quite. It is quite the but graveyard. But this is the Kong graveyard. I guess is the better way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. So it's 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 Kong's family. His mother, mm -hmm. his father, brothers, sisters, or yeah. cousins, aunts, uncles, third yeah. cousins, twice removed. Moved. Yeah. But uh, the skulls are so big, you can walk in and walk around it. Mm -hmm. and, oh yeah, you use them as shelter even. Yeah, which which they kind of do. Yeah, they hide. Um, the skull. So describe what a skull crawl, crawler is, because at this point we've met a number of them. So imagine a snake, and you put two biceps on either on either side of its head. So it's got like, it's kind of like big old kind of bicepy sort of arms. arms, but it's a snake, and like the snake has kind of got like a a skull kind of looking head to it almost, where like. It's got like this white texture on it. So it's kind it of a, like kind a of a really creepy lizard. Yeah, I mean, the big annoying part is that it doesn't have any legs, and it's got this wide open jaw, mouth almost like the 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 look of it actually kind of reminds me of the sand crawlers from Beetlejuice. Oh, oh, good, good analogy. Yeah. Except without the stripes, but like yeah. The jaw and the t and the look of it kind of moving around. The jaw just kind of drops open. I yeah, mean, just sort of like a like a like the the landing thing on a ship. Like a yeah, boat. yeah, like like the like the drop down gangplank. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, and it's just so weird looking when you see them because you're just like they don't. It doesn't look right. They're almost kind of plasticky, a rubbery. Rubbery? I could go with rubbery, yeah, like yeah. a rubber snake. Yeah. I, I just keep thinking, like, you put, like, Stretch Armstrong's arms onto a rubber snake. And we are told that those are the smaller ones. There are bigger ones. And the smaller ones are probably the size of, like, a carrier truck. Yeah. You know, like, like, a, like, a, like, not like. A truck and trailer. Yeah, a truck and trailer, yeah, like, you know. 
like Optimus Prime. Yeah. yeah and, they're, and they're big. And they're able to take down one of them, but they've also kicked up these weird sort of miniature um, pterodactyls that are just kind of clawing at them as well. And, and when you say miniature pterodactyls, I mean, one of them carries one guy off. Okay, maybe watched, full maybe full size character. So, so, so you you're watching you're watching this one pterodactyl. I mean, they're coming down at them, and the one just literally carries one of them off. It's just like, but this is also where we lose lose uh, John. We Goodman. lose a whole lot of people. Yeah, but we lose John Goodman here, and John Goodman yeah. was kind of like, ah, oh, shit, and then like, kind of just like you know gets eaten at that point. He's very accepting that this is it. But mind you, John C. Riley made a very good point of saying we don't go in there. Yeah, it's, when they get when they get to the graveyard, he's he's like, we don't go in there, and the tracker's like, well, we're gonna have to go in there. Yeah. And and uh, to get to the other side here, he's like, no, 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 we we, 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 we don't, don't do that. To, no, we don't need to do it. You can you can go around it. It'll take you a while, but you can go around okay. it. And then like, Samuel oh, no, Jackson get... was like, no, no, we gotta we gotta go get my guy. Yeah. Um, it's at this point that they realize that. Um, from the skull crawler here that they've realized that it's got the dog tags of Chapman here. Well, okay, can we talk about John Goodman and the skull crawler? Because John Goodman's got a camera on him. Oh, and it's just flashing as he goes <laughs> through his stomach. Yes. And, 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 and it's when he goes, oh, oh shit. And because and, he realizes that the skull crawler is getting He's right above, above him at him. this point. Yeah. yeah. And everything. And, and so he's got an old flash camera. Mm-hmm. And as the skull crawler's hanging, you see the camera going off. And you even hear it clicking, uh, going off and going off and going off. And part of me was kind of expecting John Goodman to somehow come back out, which, of course, doesn't happen. No. But but I, I saw the camera going off as being a, a hopeful sign that he was still alive in there. And, it, of course, he wasn't. But, no. Yeah. But, but, it, then, but that would have been funny as well. I mean, by, by the way, the skull crawlers also throw up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gratuitous vomiting. Yeah. If you are shy of blood and guts, this is not the movie for you because you get blood and guts in different colors. Well, and if you're if you're yakalicious, mm-hmm. yeah. No, 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 not not the movie for. I mean, at one point here, like Kong, you know, wrestles an octopus of some sort. Oh, that's earlier. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Before and then the... just starts eating the legs and, and then takes... and how and how many legs does that octopus has get, have because it has more than eight well not only does it have more than eight those are some long legs and and powerful mm-hmm. nearly takes yeah. them down yeah um so by this point here after we've dealt with the skull crawler here and gotten rid of the little the pterodactyl birdie thingies um tom hiddleston and his group decide no we're gonna go back to the boat get the boat running so we can go meet the the crew to pick us up. Yeah, we want to be we picked want, up. We want to get out we of here. We want to get off here, yeah. As where Samuel Jackson is very much of the opinion here now, because he's taking all the military folks with him, is like, no, we're going to go get to that airplane. We're going to go get, we're going to go get Chapman, because we're pretty sure he's still there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go make sure that our guy gets, you know, that we're going to go take it, we're going to go get the, get the weapons so we can get rid of Kong. Um, so it's now... Going on to day three, it's very early morning, and Samuel Jackson has decided he's going to get rid of Kong by filling this lake up that's right 
in front of them with napalm essentially lighting it on fire and trying to burn Kong out. Um, which 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 the the good science crew doesn't know that that's the plan because no. they they they've they've told him they've, and, they've and we've out. already been told. So so let's let's backtrack a little bit. Okay. Um, we have already been told that Kong keeps the balance. With the skull crawlers. Yeah. That, the that, skull without, crawlers, without, that there are bigger ones down there that live in fear of Kong. And mm-hmm. as long as Kong is there, he's our ecological balance. Yes. And if you get rid of Kong, the skull crawlers will take over mm-hmm. and the bigger ones will come out. Yes. And and we've actually been told that. So the, the people who live on the island, the natives, have communicated that. Um, and, and there's very much when that's communicated an ecological thing mm-hmm. that, it, that, that is consistent with sort of the monarch view. Yeah. That these things, the Titans keep balance. The Titans keep balance, but also the Titans have a purpose at the end of the day. Right. They are here for, they're, they're friends of nature. They are friends of man mm-hmm. and they, and, and the natives very much view Kong as their protector. Yes. And that's made very clear. Mm-hmm. And that's been communicated to the good guys, to, to the, Tom, the Tom Huddleston crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've tried to communicate that to Samuel L. Jackson, who's like, no, he took out my guys. Regardless, regardless of the consequences. He's got to go. He's got to go. So, so, there is, so, so, so there's a break between the two. They aren't necessarily adversaries. But they're not on the same side. But they're not on the same side. Yes. And and at that point, this is made very clear. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to take out King Kong here. Um, and in the process of nearly taking him out, because they, they, they basically have lined the ground underneath him with charges, essentially. They've got a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Well, the flame... Well, the, the they threw the fire into the water to burn the oxygen and hopefully they think burn King Kong as well. Right. He falls down on the place where they've planted all these explosives and napalm at, with the intention that they're going to basically trigger an explosion that'll get rid of both of them, mm-hmm. or to get rid of King Kong at the end of the day. Um, and Tom Hiddleston is trying to like you know is basically no don't do that don't don't do that you know like if you he's He's here to stop the other things that are here. Don't you know? In San Jose, if you do like, that, they'll take over. There'll be there there'll be no predatory. Yeah, there'll be no predatory check here anymore. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, I don't care. He killed my men. He has to go down. We have to finish him. We have to finish this war. And basically, the, the soldiers eventually kind of round and kind of realize, oh, he was really he was acting a little crazy beforehand, and we still kind of trusted him. No, now he's gone full crazy. Maybe we shouldn't trust him anymore. And 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 he loses his he loses his command at that point. Yeah. Um. And then a very large skull crawler comes out. Well, in the meet. Okay. Are we at the Brie Larson finds the other yak, or is it the same yak? No, no, no. So that was much, much earlier. So Brie Larson. Okay. Yeah. Brie Larson finds a yak that's been. 
pinned down by one of the helicopters and is trying to lift it up as we're... She's, she's trying with all her might to try to lift it up enough that the yak can get his head loose. Mm-hmm. And then King Kong comes by and... Sees her doing it. Yeah, and lifts up the helicopter up and tosses it aside. Um, it just kind of stares down at Brie Larson and walks off. You know, kind of like... They have a moment. Yeah. They make eye contact. And then later on, before the napalm element happens here, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson have climbed as high as you can possibly get to kind of see where the river runs. Yeah. Um, to make sure they're going in the right direction. direction. And they've met Kong at this point, who is, um, who kind of like does like, you know, the, the hand thing with them, you know, reaches yeah. out and touches and them. And they touch fingers like, mm-hmm. yeah. They're nice people, yeah. yeah. Nice people. Um, but at this point now, as we're getting to the very climax of the movie here, the large skull crawler. Um, now, my who is this, not Godzilla? No, no, it's not Godzilla. No, no. Again, it's and it doesn't have the spines and and doesn't have, isn't upright. Is still doesn't a have crawler. the atomic breath. It's good. yeah, very snake-like movements with yeah. the, with these guys here. Um, is trying to take down Kong very successfully here, and they're, the army guys are trying to a battle. Yeah, and the army guys are trying to. Um, to a whole, try to help Kong at this point here. Um, I do appreciate one of the guys basically takes some green, basically is like, you know, you guys keep going, I got this. And he's going to sacrifice, he's very clearly going to sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. He he's trying, he's trying to get this, uh, my, my thought was he was trying to get the skull crawler to eat him. Yes. And he was going to blow him up. Yeah, because he had a couple grenades on him. Mm-hmm. He had a bandolier yeah. of what looked to be like uh, small RPGs or something. Yeah. Or like, um, uh, you know, uh, or like a grenade, or other grenades potentially, and the, and again, I agree that the idea probably was like, well, he's going to eat me. I'm going to, you know, throw off these uh, grenades. Um, he as, doesn't really want to go home. He's already voiced that he doesn't really. Yeah, no, go he home. has. He has nothing to go home to. I think yeah. has been his thing. Um, he just hasn't. What am artic- I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. He just has. He's just being very vague and articulating it. Yeah. Um, and the skull color, I think, kind of figures it out and. Basically swat him, swats That's him like, away against a cliff, and when he hits a cliff, he basically it just explodes. explodes. <laughs> just blows. I thought that. And now again, I know that's tragic because everyone else is being very tragic about it. I thought it was funny. It, it it was it was not what I expected of that moment. No, I'm like wow, trying to trying to be noble and sacrifice yourself did not fly. No, no, you you did not hit the money on that one there, buddy. Yeah. Um. And. So eventually, Kong gets woken up, uh, or wakes up, and realizes that this big scroll crawler is here, and they go and fight uh, in the lake. And the King Kong is, you know, waging pretty good war on him so far. Um, but then he gets caught in the remains of a ship. And I don't remember if it's John Goodman's ship, ship or, or some ship or some other ship. But he gets tangled up in the chains. Yep. Uh, and so the Marines and the Army guys try to um, distract the skull crawler while Kong gets back up, and Kong, uh, with one of the chains, gets one of the gets the propeller blade at the bottom from the ship, yeah. and basically starts using it as a weapon to to gnarl almost up. like a mace. Yeah, pretty, yeah, almost exactly like a mace, or like a, on a chain, even in some cases, yeah. um, to take out the skull crawler. Well, in the meantime, Brie Larson falls in the water and... 
Well, because Brie, well, no, Brie Larson had gotten up to a higher vantage point and taken one of the flare guns and shot it into the um, into the Skullcrawler's like, face, essentially. Face, yeah. Um, and as a result, the Skullcrawler went after her, when it wasn't going after Kong, and knocked, the, knocked her into the water. It was during the time they were trying to distract the Skullcrawler from, from, from Kong, you know, was so that Kong could get loose. Yeah. Um, Kong gets loose, and basically he goes and saves her, has her in like his right hand, basically plucked her out of the water here. The skull crawler understands that he's trying to protect her and, and tries to eat his right hand. Mm-hmm. And so she's in the skull crawler's mouth in for Kong's a period, hand. Yeah, yeah, for a period of time. But somehow Kong kind of like, while his hand is in there, kind of like pulls out part of his esophagus tract and, and basically pulls it out of him. By the way, the skull crawlers have two tongues. Mm-hmm. And the tongues are articulated. They can wrap around things and... So, ugh. do not want to see really creepy. Do not want to see those on, in here in here in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. W- would not would not appreciate. They're not Nessie. Mm-mm. Um. So at the end of the day, here Kong survives barely, or not barely, but he survives. Beats the Skullcrawler. Saves Brie Larson. Saves Brie Larson, and they all get off the island. Yeah. The um, the ending of the movie is basically. Uh, John C. Riley, who has expressed before that as he was leaving, he got told that he had a that he that his wife had just given birth to a son, and the son has grown. Yeah, is, and by the time he gets home, if he gets home, his son will have lived an entire. His son will be a will be a man at this point, who has never you know, and he won't. You'll know, never have gotten that chance to bond with his son at all. Yeah. Um, never mind. Never mind the fact that his wife has been, you know husbandless for has been without oh the you know, one guy even says she thinks you're dead man you know that yeah well i mean for good reason and 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 Huddleston says you you don't know that no um and the very end of the movie and again john c Riley is very much of a point of saying like man i can't wait to have a beer and a hot dog yeah and he gets the, he goes home and he, he you know his he opens you know this guy this you know this young man or, or no this man at the end of the day a 28 year old opens up the door to see, you know, a guy that looks very similar to him. And then John C. Riley's wife kind of comes around the corner, drops whatever she had on a platter. And, you know, and the ending scene, the ending scene for him is basically like, almost, almost kind of reminds me of like a home movie sort of way. Cause it's filmed like a home movie. Yeah. It is filmed like a home movie. Um, it's like, that's a, that's a good comment. Uh, and so you think that's the ending. And then you get through like the first portion of like the credits and then you see Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson kind of in an interrogation room. And the two scientists are back. It's like, okay, so what you guys saw on the island. The two scientists being the, being the, the guy who wrote the book mm-hmm. that nobody, that, that Tom Goodman. That, that John Goodman was the only, Yeah. And the and other Asian scientist who we, doesn't really have a role. Well, yeah. Um, so both of them are there basically explaining, it's like, you know, so what was on that island is not the first time we've seen that kind of stuff. And they basically go through like a montage of... They, so they get to understand what Monarch is. And and that's the reason why I thought Monarch was a secret. I think Monarch is a secret much in the same way that like... I, how do I best explain this here? Like, Do you remember um, Independence Day? Yes. Okay. So do you remember how the president 
didn't know there were aliens, but the Secretary of Defense was very much of the opinion. It's like, yeah, we'll go to Roswell. It's like, what do you mean we're going to Roswell? No, we're going to go to Area 51. Why are we going to go to Area 51? Well, that's where the aliens are at. Yeah. So we can study them. It's like... And you, you, read, meet, you meet the weird scientists. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is um, Brent Spiner. Yes, also I know. Da- I love I, that. Data. Yep, Data and a bunch of other cool characters. Um, and very much of this... And again... The director of, you know, the director, you know, the secretary of defense is aware of aliens, apparently, and all this other stuff here. Um, you know, so I, I got the impression that Monarch is is known to government officials of high level, but not to the everyday public. And I don't think it's until after Godzilla's initial attack in 2014 that they, like, are much better well aware of at that point. Like, oh, this is a company, this is this. Because remember, this is before that. Yeah. Yeah, this is all very much before that, by at least 30 years. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the movie actually kind of goes through all the different titans and shows off at the very end. Shows cliff, cliff drawings. Yep, cliff drawings and other sort of, like, artwork, uh, which basically shows off Godzilla versus King Ghidra. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they teased it. They teased it. Yeah. Um, so I liked Kong and Skull Island. I did too. Um, as a matter of fact, I was telling your father while I was watching, and he's like, "How's it going?" I said, "You know, it's surprisingly good." Um, so, so I liked it very much, actually. Yeah, um, I, I, I enjoyed all the characters, and I felt like I really, in, you know, got to enjoy a lot of the characters a lot more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I got that same experience with the next one though. So the next one we so the next one that we saw was um, Godzilla versus Kong, which I think should have been the other way around because it should have been Kong versus Godzilla, because this is really Kong's movie. It is it is Kong's movie, and and it's so much more about Kong than it is Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, it only like really like shows up like three three four times really. Yeah, and he's, I mean, so, so, I mean, when it opens, they don't necessarily understand. First of all, when it opens, Kong's in this fake world. Kong also grew as well in the interim. And it isn't explained for a while um, who the girl is. He can communicate with this, this girl who's, who's apparently mute, but not deaf. No, she's deaf. Is she deaf? She's deaf. Okay, because they call after her. They call after her, but they, it's the same but way. She can't like, really hear. Okay. No, she can't hear. Um, but she, she and and she can sign, and and they figure out after a while that she can sign with with Kong. Kong mm-hmm. can sign as well. Mm-hmm. But they don't really explain where she's from. They do eventually explain. They where do she's eventually, from, but yeah. but not right away. So you initially think she's the daughter of this one scientist lady. Yeah. Who's who's dubbed like the Kong Whisperer. Yep. Um. Because by this point, now that Godzilla's out there, like all these other Titan knowledges are out there. They again, even in um, Godzilla: King of the Monsters, like they name drop. You know, Kong's been acting really, really strange on, on Skull Island here. Like, yeah, like like all the Titans are freaking out right now. Well, and and Godzilla is Godzilla is behaving like like Godzilla was at peace with everything, and they and all the Titans were just sort of hanging. And and poor poor King Kong is in some sort of pseudo world that's not Skull Island. So he's actually on Skull Island technically, um, 
or the way <clears throat> or the way I've understood is that he is on Skull Island, but he's in like a habitat, a biosphere, a biosphere almost where like. They simulate the weather, and it's daylight, and then it's nighttime, and, like, all the trees are there, but he's basically gotten, Kong's gotten to the point here now where he's, like, taking the trees up out of the roots, stripping them all, up all, all the bank, bark and everything, and creating launching... spears. Creating spears, and then launching them into the sides of the, of the ceiling here, yeah. and just causing damage to what is these LCD panels, I guess is the best yeah. way to describe them. Um... You know, and, and the movie kind of makes a point of saying, like, you know, Kong is just kind of, we're keeping an eye out on him here. We don't want him out there because we're worried that him and Godzilla are going to meet he's each gonna, other. He's going to attract Godzilla. And they're both Alpha Titans, and Alpha Titans want to... They're going to, they have they, to war. They have to fight, especially right now because Godzilla is um, the Alpha Titan of all Titans right now, apparently. Yeah. Um, but then we go to... Um, Pensacola, Florida, where we're listening over some sort of podcast that's not affiliated with our podcast. Let's make that point. <laughs> um, but there's another podcast that's kind of going on that's describing, you know, some sort of covert. This guy Godzilla. Works, works at Apex. So Apex is a cybernetics company, company of some sort. Trying to make people better people. Mm-hmm. They've, some, got a vir- they've got a virtual thing going. Yep, with a lot of cool technologies. Yep. Uh, the but, owner, the owner is is portrayed as almost being Stark-like. Very Stark-like, yes, for the betterment of humanity. Yeah. Uh, and so this guy works for them and is trying to get some sort of information that's going to reveal something. He's working here. as a janitor was my impression. A level two engineer. Oh, that's right. So you're right. So he's, 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 he's a level two engineer. engineer. He's in places where he's not supposed to be, but... And he's podcasting, and people listen to his podcast, including the daughter of... I can't remember his name, but it's basically the daughter... The Basically, it's the daughter from uh, King Godzilla, King from of the Monsters. Kyle... I can't, What's his name? I can't remember. Hold, hold, yeah, well, okay, you keep going, and I'll, 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 get, I'll get his name. So she's actually one of the least... She's actually one of the problems with the movie, actually. I agree. There are too many storylines. It's contrived. It's very much like um, uh, Die Hard 4. With yes. the daughter in Die Hard Four, mm-hmm. and um, and and it's it, 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 it's so contrived. So what so what we've learned at this point here is that like they live in Florida for some strange reason they're close enough to be able to be near the incident here. I got the original nineteen sixty two King Kong Godzilla, Ooh. which may be why it was in that order, because that one's King Kong versus Godzilla. They may have had to switch the order not to confuse with the earlier movie yeah that's that's a very much a possibility here too um so basically what's happened here though is that while our guy whose name is bernie the only reason i remember his name is bernie um is in the apex sort of head apex's sort of facility here trying to download data here godzilla decides that he wants to attack and it's very weird because godzilla has been seen for a number of years. He or like they know his migration patterns and his swimming. Kyle pattern. Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Um, but Godzilla hasn't attacked anybody or anything in a while. 
Um, and so the daughter here from the uh, the daughter here where the the father is actually now like a part of full-time part of monarch and like working with them and everything but the daughter is very much um it's like i want to help i want to help it's like honey go back home but she's like her her rationale here at the end of the day is that godzilla mark russell mark russell there we go so um she's madison madison russell so madison here is very much of the opinion here that um, Godzilla wouldn't attack humans unless there was a reason for it, unless he was provoked. And no, everyone else is very much of the opinion here of like, you know, sometimes, sometimes animals just, you know, uh, you know, turn on their masters. Or, but or remember her role in the last movie? She's lost her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because her mother was saving Godzilla, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have to think back to to the the two thousand seventeen. A 2019. 19 movie. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, again, she's a problem, but I think we can explain. I think as we develop this, we'll, we'll, it'll become more clear here. Yeah. That um, basically, like, so Godzilla basically takes out this plant with the intention of trying to destroy something or do damage to he's, something. He, and it's, he's very te- uh, definitely targeting Apex. Yeah. Um, and so he leaves, and the notion here um, that our billionaire Stark-like scientist guy or founder guy goes to find this other guy who is a you know who's also kind of developed knowledge and books on the Hollow Earth theories and stuff. Um, he makes a point of saying he's like, "Yeah, I have like thirty boxes worth of books back at home if you want one." Yeah. Um, yeah, the book didn't sell. Yeah, the book didn't sell. I'm here in the basement across from the violin and flutes, you know, classes. Yeah. Like, uh, clearly they don't, clearly. He's a professor. Yeah. At a, at a school. At, at, a, yeah. at a university. So, yeah. They can't get rid of me, but they can certainly hide me. Um, he's theorized that, like, there's an entire geofront inside the center of the earth, essentially. But with the way the gravity works is that, like, it would mess you up trying to go through it to get he to lost it. his brother mm-hmm. he lost his brother trying to go through it and the gravity squeeze was so much that they were crushed mm-hmm. but our tony stark like guy has created a craft that'll circumvent the gravity will endure it mm-hmm. yeah uh and to do it though they need a guide and the only guy they can probably rely on is kong another titan so, so the theory is that there's some sort of power source that that uh, is in Hollow Earth that that could be harnessed, in this case, for evil. He's evil. He's evil. We just he's just not. We don't pl- know what evil he is yet. No, he's but, not playing it very well just yet. Yeah, but as much as everybody thinks he's doing things for the good of mankind, he's clearly playing evil. Yeah. And, and and you get that sense right up. I mean, I, I like, did you ever think he was a good guy? He was acting a lot like Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. And I and he, I right always down to the accent, and which I, I thought was a little and offensive. Whenever, and but, whenever I see that, I'm always kind of like, oh, you're a bad guy. Yeah. You're telegraphing it way too hard, but you're a bad guy. I kind of wish, and so, so this was my first complaint. Was was pretty early on. It's like, uh, okay. So, he he's our evil genius, and he, and you knew. 
And I would have rather had them play him, not telegraph it so much. I would have rather, I mean. I would have rather thought he was a good guy for a while. I never really thought he was a good guy. See, I would have played him more like Bill Gates. Yeah, you know, good call. Somebody that was kind of disarming. Somebody who clearly was, you know, like not so not so handsome and suave. No, like like clearly, you know, like clearly somebody who's like trying to do something better. At the end of the day, had good intentions, but yeah, but but it had bad consequences. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely, that that have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that would have played more. I think that would have played better for for. So that here's character. my here's my overall question with this movie: Can you have too much plot and not have enough plot? I think you can have too many plots that go unresolved that actually can hurt you quite a bit at the end of the day. Because there's that, a couple, there's a couple different plot elements here that do not add to anything to you at all, and it absolutely too, piss well, me I mean, off. Focus on one or the other, or one, pick one of the three, because there are three, and 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 develop it and and make us care about it. But you had not enough plot to really carry it, but too much plot. Too many plots. So, so the thing that we that we end up having here throughout the kind of the story here is that we're following what essentially feels like two different stories at the same time. One of which is the story that we're actually very much interested in, which is at this point here, which is they're going to go basically get Kong to lead them to. They're going to take Kong from Skull Island to Antarctica where there's a known um, tunnel that leads to Hollow Earth that they can go through. Um, but they and have... why Antarctica? Why can't we can't why why can't we go back to Skull Island? Um, because the one on Skull Island isn't charted. As were the one in Antarctica that because is... that's where King Ghidra used to be at was charted. Okay. So I think that was that was part of the logic here. Plus I think you also need to have a reason to be able to go to somewhere with snow. But yeah, so, so Which that, wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. That, no. I, I guess it's my point. You load poor Kong tranquilized onto the back of an aircraft carrier. Well, no, first off, he's in a car. He's on a cargo. He's on a cargo. He's ship. got a cargo okay. ship first, and eventually gets to an aircraft carrier. carrier. But again, I think uh, again, this is part of part of the first part of the movie, which I think was very much contrived because it's this logic of, well, well, let's have King Kong. Well, you got to have King Kong and Godzilla fight at least one time first before coming back for a second time. You know, because, you know, the superhero always goes up against the bad guy at least once, and there's a square off where both of them get to leave at the very end of the day here and still survive a bit. But I, I think they're part of the reason why they had to go to Antarctica and not through Skull Island was really so they could have this fight with Godzilla and King Kong in water. Okay, so they go. So they go. They go to Antarctica, and on the boat, you learn that the girl can the the little girl who's ten, give or take, yeah. Um, she's a part of the original tribe that used to be there on the island on Skull Island, and somehow and, and they she's got, the only survivor. Yeah, you, some, you something happened where like something happened. The skull crawlers got to them, and she was one of the only lone survivors. And so and, it's and theorized never, that, it, and it's never explained how that happens. They, they do into detail, but they don't go into nearly enough detail on it. Um, basically, at the end of the day here, um, it's rationalized that Kong was always looking out for the humans, and as she's the last one from that that uh, tribe, that he's looking out for her. 
Um, and so he takes extra care to make sure that she's safe at the end of the day. Um, and so much as the fact that... And they and they, they can touch each other and communicate mm-hmm. with each other and all those things. And one of the things I thought was weird was they keep a headband on her on across her forehead as a way of making sure we always know that she's a native. It's like, duh. Yeah. I thought that was, you know, first of all, she can't, she she's mute. She's mute and she doesn't and, talk. She's also like eight, ten years old, so she's also like drastically smaller than everybody else. It's not like we were going to lose her in a crowd. Right, and they, and they keep that, that ridiculous little headband on her to, to somehow mark that she is from another world. Yeah. Seemed, seemed kind of ridiculous. Especially considering she's living in a lot of modern world, you'd think she'd yep. up that. Yeah. Again, Lose the headband. Try to fit in. Yeah, maybe. It's it's. it's Just saying. So basically, there's a fight between Kong and Godzilla on open water. Yep. They first put chains on Godzilla because they think that's what's going to. They gotta, you know, they gotta control him here very much instead of the notion here. It's like Kong's going to Kong. I mean, like. He eventually gets out of those things himself. Yeah. Um, or you no, know, they break him out of those, those chains here because the ship tips over and he's tied to the ship. Ship, yeah. And eventually he turns the ship back over. Yeah. Um, but Godzilla is in open water and Godzilla can swim. Yeah. And so eventually King Kong. But we like, knew Godzilla could swim. Yeah. We've watched him swim off in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point here, Godzilla uh, or King Kong realizes that he needs more space to move. And there's an aircraft carrier. So let's go. Let's go fight on the aircraft carrier. And my problem, my initial problem here that I that when I was watching here was that I don't remember aircraft carrier. I know aircraft carriers are big. I didn't think they were that big. They, they, I mean, they're, they're. I mean, they're. They are like the size of a city. I mean, they're they're big. The size of a town. I don't know. They're big. I, I, I want to say they're like a, a couple football fields. I know they're probably at least like three, four football fields long, but with the way that both Godzilla and King Kong are supposed to be the size of like yeah. 20-story skyscrapers, yep. they're, they got shrunken down quite a bit to be to on make, the aircraft carrier. To make this carrier. work, yeah. Yeah, like it, it, it was a bit of, you know, part of my initial problem here was always that like King Kong is being, is shown to be like, you know, Maybe 20 stories tall, which is fine. Same thing with Godzilla. Godzilla's got to be at least 20 stories tall. I, I, I'll, if, if not bigger in some cases. But that aircraft carrier doesn't look like it would hold both of them at Battling. All. It, it, huh? Battling. You know, and battling much less, you know, just standing on it. You know, yeah. you would, you know, I, I, I presume that like Godzilla's probably about, or the aircraft carrier is probably about the length of a 20 foot. Of a twenty-story tall building, maybe. Um, I'm thinking back to one of my facilities and thinking like, well, if it's one of my facilities in my South American Rainforest Distribution Company, then yeah, like you know, it's it's pretty big, but I don't think it's big enough to hold, you know, like King Kong, much less Godzilla at the same time. And the and the way they get around this entire thing at the end of the day is actually very very silly. They turn off the power. Yes, they play dead. They play dead, and Godzilla's basically like, all right, well, they're all dead, and they're not going anywhere. Well, because King Kong is out on the deck. Mm-hmm. He's, he's out. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's done fighting. He's he's coughing up water at one point. Yep. 
Um, and so they decide that the solution here instead to get the rest of the way there, because I guess they're like two thirds of the way there or something. Yep. They're going to hella lift him over. Yeah. Can he fly? And, and yeah. And they, so they, like, what size net is that? Yeah. What is it made of? It's got to be made of steel cables or something. How did they get that fabricated so quickly? A, how did they get it fabricated so quickly? B, how did they get all these helicopters in unison that all have like, you know, basically like, okay, drop them and then kill the kill their lines real quickly sort of like and those helicopters all just like disappear all at once i mean like oh there's so much contrived here there's so much contrived and forced well, and it didn't have to be well, what's contrived overly what, ornate well what's contrived and the most annoying here for me is that you have these cool flying gravity vehicles why yeah. weren't you using those that's why, true. Why weren't you... The, why, the, mysteri the, the mysterious Tony Stark type things. Well, they're called heaves, apparently. They're called heaves, yes. Why weren't you using... If these heaves could, like, take the load of gravity shock here and they could fly, like, why don't you have, like, a small army of these the replacing... Sort of plasma kind of yeah. things. Why, why are these things not powering... You know, why are these things not replacing helicopters and why are these things not already carrying Godzilla or King Kong at this point here. Like, and again, I feel like a lot of this movie is very contrived in the sense that like, well, it's done great box office. Mm -hmm. No, no, again, it's doing a really great job, but again, it very much feels like this notion of like, well, let's have, well, let's have them King Kong and Godzilla fight once. Well, where do we have them fight? Let's have them fight at sea. Wouldn't that be amazing? Nobody's ever seen but nobody can stand on the bottom of the ocean. Oh well, let's put them on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Well, okay. How do we? Well, how do we get King Kong onto an aircraft carrier, though? Oh, we have to take him to to the Antarctica. Why do we have to take him to the Antarctica? So we can get him on an aircraft carrier, so they can have a fight at sea. Ah, brilliant! Ship it. Yeah. So, so much <laughs> of it's contrived. So, you, so, so you do end up getting him. Like at one point, they they say, okay, but the minute we move, Godzilla will know that we're not really playing dead. Well, then let's fly him. Okay, so Godzilla's not going to notice all these, you know, twenty helicopters, helicopters that air. it takes to lift him. And then we're going to drop a tropical creature, creature who lives in a rainforest, into Antarctica. And he's not. He's going to be very much of the opinion is like. Yeah, shrug it off. It's just cold. It's just, I, it's just snow. Yeah, Big not deal. gonna get sick. He's gonna be, he's nope. gonna be fine. So, so they they end up getting him there, and they have to have the girl. So now they're using the girl. Yeah, which I, I'm not a big fan. Fan of. of, yeah. So they're using the girl because she can communicate with him. Never mind that the that the the Kong whisperer knows sign language. Why can't she communicate with him? Because I don't think Kong trusts her. Right. So Kong only trusts the girl. Um, but she eventually convinces him to go into um, the hollow earth here. The hollow earth. And here's 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 stupidity. So Kong Kong says, okay, fine, I'll go into hollow earth. And none of them are already in the vehicles. They got to rush and get in the vehicles and get the vehicle started. Weren't they? Why weren't they waiting and like ready to go? Yeah. Why? why they're just all. No, no, no. We get to the fa my favorite stupid point here as well, is that while they're in the vehicles here. Some the nameless people have helmets. The people with names don't, don't have, have helmets. helmets. So you can oh, see who oh, they are. Oh, that drives me crazy when you see FBI. You watch the the television show FBI. The the um, the the regular characters 
mm-hmm. never have helmets on and don't have full SWAT gear. The, the SWAT teams always have helmets on. But all the but all the regular name characters kind of just like maybe they got like a flak jacket on, but and that's like a, and that's it, and and the rest of them's exposed. It's so stupid. So dumb. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then here's my other annoyance part. Here is like, what are we doing in Hollow Earth? We're trying to collect the energy source. We're trying to find the energy source. Okay. So we're so again. So we get to Hollow Earth. The vehicles survive. We meet another weird snake cobra thingy that's okay, trying... Okay, but can we talk about the fact that hollow earth goes in both directions, and I don't understand where sunlight's coming from, because you actually have a world right. above and a world below. Mm-hmm. Like, your ceiling can flip upside down and be... Your roof. Your, 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 your ground. Floor. Yeah. Your ground. Your ceiling is so, your floor, and your floor is so, your ceiling. So you have these two worlds facing each other, in hollow earth which of sorts makes sense except where is light coming from where is the light coming from where is atlantis because we've already seen that that's where godzilla hangs out is in what was the ruins of atlantis i guess at this point but yeah um so like and again what gets even more interesting is that but he knows he's home he knows he's home and, and he's been lured down there, by the way, by the idea that there might be others of his kind. Mm-hmm. So I was all ready for him to meet a lady. I was ready to meet Lady Kong or, or at least get some hint of it. Yeah. So so you had that, that sort of promise kind of made to him. And and it never gets acted on. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. There are no more of his kind down there. But that's what she's told, the little girl's told to tell him. Mm-hmm. Is that your family might be there. It's home. It's, it's what she describes as home. Yeah. Um. So after kind of, and, and I don't mean this. I mean this in the most general sense of power. After a while of dicking around with watching Kong kind of play with rocks, defeat other things down there to prove his supremacy. Hang in both worlds. He just sort of swings himself over to the other one. Onto the, to, to the it basically puts him off on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, grabs grabs the, the top of a mountain and. Flips himself upside down. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you look at the mountain, it kind of looks like a hand with a finger it, it pointing does. out. It does. There's yeah. a couple of that here. Um, they find what's basically what looks to be like a mountain with doors. And and glowing blue rocks. And glowing blue rocks. One of them is an axe. Yes. And, and the axe is made from spines of Godzilla. Godzilla. Yes. Ooh. And they go inside the chamber here and they... And King Kong kind of picks up the axe and looks at it for a while. Is like, yeah, I know this. Yeah, this looks very familiar to me somehow. He does know he's home. I mean, yeah. He he definitely and and there's a throne. Yes, there's a throne that looks like a, a, King, a Kong might have sat on at one point. Yeah. Um, and he knows to sit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then actually, Kong. There's like a carved out space for the axe, and he puts the axe there. And all these other axes kind of light up around the way, and it's in a giant circle around the throne. And wouldn't you know it? It's in the shape of a Godzilla. Well, well, coincidences never cease, which is true. In this movie, the coincidences never never cease. Yeah. Um, So let's take a moment here to pause to go back to Bernie and Madison. (laughs) Which you do. You hop between these two, two stories storylines, 
which I mean, you do in the other movie too. You hop between the two groups. In this case, you hop between two completely different storylines in which magically Madison and Bernie and Josh, Josh, or as they like to call him Tap, okay, get transported to Hong Kong like that. Okay, so okay, back so, up. Okay, okay, so. Madison has basically said she's going to go find Bernie because Bernie knows Bernie the podcaster. something and Bernie will instantly trust her at the end of the day. And and, and, her, and her father has told her that guy's, you know, just dangerous. He doesn't know anything. And I don't know why you listen to that stuff. She's also, he's, she's also kind of come with the idea. Up, and, come and, up she's, the and she's like portrayed as being in high school, mid high school. I would, I would presume because it's been five years since then. Okay. Since the last Godzilla major, the last major sighting of Godzilla, so um, I she presume high school, I, early pre- college. I presume high school at this point. Okay, she's Which, dressed very maturely for that. Yes, yeah. So, no. and basically, she's she's come up with the idea here that I'm going to go find Burn. I'm going to go find the guy who's in charge of this podcast, and we'll we'll he'll he'll understand who I am, and he'll under, he'll want to talk with me because I, I I I know about Godzilla and all this other stuff here and. The way they find her, find him, is that he keeps talking about bleach, and so Madison's like, "Well, he washes himself with bleach, so he must go through a lot of bleach." Never mind the fact that you know he could be ordering on Amazon, ordering on Amazon, but no, it's a local place that delivers to bleach to him, or gives him bleach or something. They find him, and they basically was like, "Well, they're gonna go sneak back into the Apex facility that just got trounced." Because there was something there that Bernie saw that shouldn't have been there, or yeah, that's he's, a, he's videotaped. You know, he's taped something. He's taped something he's and recorded something. He's also from the data that he's gotten from the computer that he's found out there's shipments coming from a sub level thirty three, which he didn't even knew existed. Did, yeah. Um, and so now all three of them here. Are, but they know the shipments are going to Hong Kong. Well, being shipped to Hong Kong, yeah, yeah, but they don't ship anything that big here at all, so that's where he's got confused. Yeah. Um, so they've found an L. So they get back to the apex facilities, and the things that Bernie saw was there is no longer there. So there was like they're gone. A sphere of some sort that was there yeah. at one point, and they've since now found an elevator, and the elevator now goes down to level sub level thirty three, which nobody knew existed. Nobody knew existed, and they've come across like these weird transportation pod thingies. But she recognizes that the pods are skull crawlers. Well, she okay. says so. Okay, so they they get they go inside one of them and they get because there's other people there like, oh people might find us. Let's let's go hide in one of these and And the door shuts on them. The door shuts on them and that then, becomes a running gag. hmm And inside these chambers are skull crawlers and in eggs. In eggs. A, how does she know about skull crawlers? Because that's gotta be like fifty years old at this point. Yeah. Number two here, like, those skull crawlers do not come back up later on. Yeah, they're, you never actually see them be born or, or cause any of the mayhem that that might have caused. No, but apparently they're collecting them and those need to be shipped off to Hong Kong. Oh. And they end up in some sort of, like, underground subway, like, it's like the channel on, on steroids that takes them like that to Hong Kong. Yeah, it's like a, a, I, I, I related it to um, you. So, so the bullet trains that we took in Japan. Yeah. 
those were all based off of magnets at the end of the day. Right. That's yes. what I figured what was going on here. Yeah. Um, how they got there so quickly. Because it tells them, it's like, yeah, they're going like... No passports or anything. No, they're going like 600 miles an hour. Yeah. And they somehow wind up in Hong Kong. And what I find really, really annoying about the interiors of all of this here mm-hmm. is that it's dark, which is not how you would light a facility. Right. And they're angular, which is also not something you would do in a facility. You'd want these corridors to be nice and big so you can move stuff through them. So the fact that they're like these narrow sort of like hallway like, you know, maze like, like sort of yeah, like none of that makes any sense at all. And the fact and and so do we um I want to spoil it. I want to talk about it. So they get to this gladiator what looks like a gladiator old pit. Yeah. And somehow, you know, without any sort of special identification, any badges or anything like that, they're just able to walk right into it. I don't understand that. How can you just walk into this giant gladiatorial pit all of a sudden? Because whatever security there was was out beyond where they they ended up coming in. I guess. Yeah. Um, and so while they're here, they basically see... So basically what Apex has been trying to make here is Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And they've basically found a way that they get a guy to neural link with it here and he's doing a virtual reality thing where mm-hmm. he, becomes he becomes in the suit and the and reason they have the skull crawlers is they're actually using them as test subjects to so that way mechagodzilla can fight them and yep. make sure that he can beat them yep but the thing that they're missing is a powerful power source to power mechagodzilla because it's only at like 40 percent power right now yep and a, a power source on this world will not do it. Nope. And so, at this point here, Bernie, Madison, and Josh are now kind of like touring the facility without anybody having caught them yet. Apparently, security cameras don't exist. Why, why would they in such dark corridors? Um, and they've come across... The skull of King Ghidra, and if somehow figuring out that like somehow they're like downloading data or using it as a supercomputer of some sort to power Mechagodzilla. It's so I, convoluted. I I, it's so convoluted. It's I don't. Trying to... I don't get it. I, it's it's so stupid. At the end of the day, when you think about it for a laugh. Well, it's convoluted, and and really, you're not supposed to think about it. Is the deal? No, you're really not. Um, it's so convoluted that, that that you're trying to wrap your head around it, and um, and and. You... I really think that the what they really wanted to do here at the end of the day was that they wanted to make a connection with the previous movie, in right? The, in the same way that you had. You have the connection with with Godzilla through through the whole the whole sort of Madison. Russell in the first place. Yeah. And and Mark Russell's in it very briefly, not very much. No, tiny little bit. Yeah. So you so you have your link with with Godzilla. You have your link with with Skull Island through the girl who is the native from Skull Island. None of the other characters from that movie reappear. I think they could have been aged and used. I think you could have used Well, I, I worry that you would have had like a I, I 
I assume that they would have been like 50 years plus, and if you assume Brie Larson and or Tom Hiddleston are now, would then now be in their 80s, I think it'd be a little bit more difficult at that particular point here, maybe. Um, but still, I still, I still think it's very... I still think the I still think part of the, this this part of the movie in which you, we we with this second group of characters is wholly unnecessary. I I, I I rationalize that if you cut out this entire subsect of this portion of the movie here, and that really what you're doing here is you're trying to find this unique power source, which you don't understand why you need this unique power source until you recognize that. The company is actually building a mecha Godzilla to just get rid of Godzilla, and that's when you can make the turning point of your evil scientist guy being actually a bad guy. Well, and and I would say, okay, so you have a, a well-intended but ill-intended person who's trying to rid the world of Titans because they just want the world order to go back to what it was. Yes, and that parallels so many things in modern society anyway. Oh, it it. it mirrors us perfectly right now right. And in some cases so so that would have been a better story where it wasn't necessarily evil mm-hmm. it was somebody who just thought the titans were a bad idea and rather than having peace with the titans let's just create something that can kill them with their own power let's make a nuclear weapon so basically as a deterrence this way if we had to we can get rid of these guys if we needed to not even if we had to let's just get rid of them and, yeah. and not have to worry and I, and I think that would have been much much better because again it's always portrayed that humans you know are ignorant at the end of the day which is perfectly is, yeah. I think is a perfectly and, and, reasonable and don't, understanding and don't think about ecological uh, consequences yeah. and, and it would have been I think a better movie in this case, what you have is he's evil. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill whoever he needs to kill to get who g- gets in the way. Although there isn't a lot of human death in this particular movie. Not as much, no. No, but but he's unintended he, human death. I think is the better way to describe. Yeah, it. I mean you've got your your brilliant scientist who's who's creating the mecha, who ends up dying because because the power is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the daughter. You've got. We haven't even mentioned this guy's daughters along for the trip and um, into into Hollow Earth, and is just a snotty ass, spoiled thing with with no no uh, no, no redeeming, redeeming yeah no redeeming quality to whatsoever. her whatsoever. Nope. She isn't played as as. She might be daddy's daddy's uh, rich favorite gr- kid, but yeah, she, she but really does know her stuff. stuff yeah, um, and and she knows what she's looking for. You have no sense of why she's even along for the ride, except that that maybe she's protecting. She could have been the scientist who created the 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 what, heaves at the, the end heaves of the day. Or, or or the person that really needed to be the person there to figure out the energy because source. because she understood the energy source and she was a scientist. But she is nothing but she, she she's just snarky. She's just disposable at the end of the day. And well, she but she I mean she's she's unnecessarily snarky mm-hmm. to everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah, and 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 there's nothing to like about her at all. I don't I could not understand why she was there. And mind you, we've gone this far along in the story without even mentioning her once. So she isn't critical to the story. No, she at all. doesn't need to be in the story at all. So, so yeah. Did not like her character. Could not understand why she was. It was there. She, you know, she's there to collect the power because she knows how Daddy wants to use it. But that's never shared with anybody. Nope. 
um, and the power could have been collected without her. Oh, she 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 honestly does not serve an actual purpose at the at the end of the day. I mean, like if you, we went through mm-hmm. a half hour or so of talking about this movie and didn't mention her. Nope, not once. Yeah, she she is that irrelevant to the movie. Yep. Um, but to circle back to Kong and the part of the movie we are actually all vested and interested in. Yeah. Um, apparently, Godzilla's decided that. Um, so. In the process of testing out Mecha Godzilla against one of these skull crawlers, it's gotten the attention of King, of Godzilla. Yeah, attention, Godzilla's figured it out, and we now know why Godzilla's been acting out. Yes, because it senses... It knows uh, Apex involved in it. Mm-hmm. It senses this thing that feels like a Titan, but maybe not is a Titan, and it wants to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, so it, sends, it heads its way over to uh, Hong Kong, Kong, which... And now, mind you, I don't know what the skylight of Hong Kong looks like. I don't think it's that neon. It is, actually. It really is? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that was the part of the movie that kind of, like, really threw me off. Was Hong like, Kong and Shanghai. Are really that neon colory? A lot, yeah. Okay. Alrighty. That's that's my ignorance, then. Um, no, no. I mean, it's not... It, it's. It, I, I was expecting more traditional skyscraper looks. I did not yeah. think that like the nightlife would have looked quite so neon infused colors. Cause like the buildings all seem to be kind of like lit up, like oh, they they definitely hype it. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, so King, so Kong has again put all these axes together, but that's gotten the intention of Godzilla, who's basically now decided that, huh. There's this thing underneath me is glowing really brightly. I'm going to go attack it. And basically, atomic breaths itself through layers of the earth. Earth, yep. Straight down to the center of the earth in a straight line. Cores itself down. To basically burst into where this throne room cavern was that was this, where Kong was at. And makes a hole for Kong to kind of travel back up through. Yeah, so, yeah. it's. Well, I'm sorry. It's absolutely insane. Because poor Kong, like... Just got, like, home. Is yeah. minding his own business. damn business. And you're apparently offended that somehow he picked up the axe, put it in line with the other axes that made this glowing circle dealy. And now you want to go fight Kong again. And Kong... And, and can we talk about... Okay, the energy source for the mech... I'm, I'm backing up here, mm-hmm. is somehow something that can just be uploaded. Yeah. It doesn't have to actually be delivered. It's not a physical thing that needs to be transported. It can just be uploaded. It's like an, it's, yeah, it's like, oh, we analyzed the data from this power source and now we can replicate it. And it's like, that's not how energy works. You don't just like, you know, like, you don't just like test it and be like, Oh, I know how to replicate this now, and instantly able to replicate it. That doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I think I, I think at the end of the day, if you really wanted to make her more crucial, would be to literally have her deliver it to her daddy. You know, it's like oh, just in the nick of time, put this in the robot now. You know, like you know, and then maybe like she had like she could have some redeeming factor of like, you know, kind of like look like I was there with Kong. He's you know, if we leave them alone, maybe this will be fine. And that you could have had a redeeming moment for the daughter, who could then go on to take over Apex and 
any number of different other things here, but no. Well, so instead of having having a, a, a powerful, thoughtful, considerate, intelligent woman, what you have is a spoiled brat who who's snarky as all hell. Oh yeah. And and um, and entitled. Mm-hmm. And just and, gets, gets in her own way, realistically. Well, and, and, and my, my thing is that just how the energy source is, is transmitted, just, yeah. Yeah, no, it does work. not make a lot of sense. Yeah. Also considering the fact that, like, you're so far underground, how did you get that knowledge up there at all? How did you broadcast that at all? How does it translate into any sort of code? <laughs> no clue. Yep. Okay, so... Now Godzilla has stopped and he started walking toward the Apex headquarters, which is apparently in the big mountain just right beside downtown Hong Kong. Um, And King Kong has grabbed an axe and has now traveled up the shaft that Godzilla has clearly made for him. And it's an all-out fight between Godzilla and King Kong. And I actually like this fight. Um, I like how a lot of the buildings don't just crumble right away. They actually um, take impact. They take impact, and they're still kind of standing. And like you could bang oh, your head oh, into they one go of them. Clear through one of them. Mm-hmm. The mm. head goes like clear through. Yeah, and, and the axe at one point here, like it's lodged into other buildings. It glows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very surprised how a lot of people have not evacuated. Hong Kong by this point in some cases because you'd think like you know Godzilla get the f out of here you know they have yeah. tight they have tight bunk- bunker shelters yeah you know but like apparently people were just like nah man I have to finish out this TPS reports yeah I have to get these reports done yeah um and then you get you get the point where you got King Kong on top of buildings you know, he doesn't do, you know, like... Very, very King Kongish. Yep. And he's just kind of, like, leaping around buildings, gets at Godzilla. Um, at the very end, though, Godzilla beats King Kong. You know, so originally when you look at King Kong, he's got, like, three claw marks from, like, his left yeah. breast down diagonally across yeah. his chest. And um, Godzilla adds a few more scars to him. So it sounds like... It looks as though they had fought each other before at before, least. yeah. This wasn't the first. Yeah. And um, King Kong is basically like just there on the ground. They make a point of saying the little girl feels his heart and apparently his heart's slowing oh, down. Yeah. Um, but Godzilla's decided, well, I'm done with you. Time to go what I'm actually here for. And then Mecha Godzilla just kind of bursts out of the mountain completely out of control and is you know and I wish there was more of this fight because this because I think this had a lot more uh, they had a lot more interesting stuff happening with a robotic Godzilla realistically yeah so at this point you've got Mecha Godzilla and and at some point Godzilla and Kong look at each other and go we've got to do this together yeah he's a common enemy mm-hmm so Godzilla's actually getting his just... I think he's getting his metaphorical ass just handed to him right now by Mechagodzilla. Um, Meanwhile, 
um, the little girl, the doctor, the scientist lady, and the professor. Yeah. Um, basically, figure out like, well, these ships basically like have enough power in them to uh, light up Las Vegas for a week here. Maybe we can use it as a defibrillator to get Kong's heartbeat back up. I, how you turn this gravitational thingy into that, I don't know. How you get, how you generate an electronic shock pulse of some sort, big enough to to take to, care of us. Yeah, or how you would contain that much energy. You know, again, if these things can generate, you know, have enough battery power in them to last to power Las Vegas for a week, wouldn't that be enough for Mecha Godzilla? Just get a couple more of those. Yeah. So eventually, they chart, you know, Kong gets revitalized here. Actually, what I liked very much here, what I thought very interesting, is that at some point here, um, in his fight with Godzilla, Kong dislocates his left shoulder. And he has to bang himself into a building to pop it back in. Yes, and he pops it back in and eventually gets it, rolls it a little bit, and it's like, oh, okay. All right, now we can do this. Let's do this. Yeah. He goes and grabs his axe and he's. Hitting it against Mechagodzilla, and Mechagodzilla is just like, whatever. And now the, so both Godzilla and King Kong are fighting against Mechagodzilla. Godzilla. Yep. They, are, they have combined forces to their common enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point here, Mechagodzilla is about to basically evaporate King Kong with its laser breath dealy. Yep. And we flash back over to... The other party, the humans with Bernie and Madison and Josh, they're basically like, "Well, they are in they're in Apex's headquarters mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, and they are at a computer terminal, basically with the notion here that's like, well, we we got to stop the uplink from the satellite because that's what's power. That's what's you know that's where Mechagodzilla is getting its instructions, instructions from. And he's like, well, ha- can't you hack the system? And he's trying to just type in passwords. We've already this. seen the the guy who's in the virtual reality suit. His eyes roll back in his head. So I'm not clear. Oh, he he, he basically got fried. Yeah. So so wh- what is powering Mechagodzilla? So again, my logic here was, and again, based off the, <coughs> the material from the movie, that King Ghidra's skull was being utilized as some sort of AI power bank here. Which was then getting shuffled through um, the one robot guy who's in the who's in the chair with the virtual reality, and then it's getting uploaded to Mechagodzilla. So he's kind of like a doing all the work. Kind, it's kind of like a double pairing work sort of thing. Okay, because I'm I'm not clear at all at this point of, of what's who, pi- what's piloting Mechagodzilla. Yeah, he's and, he's and Mech, I, so he's got to have a pilot. And I think it's I think it's King Ghidra's AI thingy. Okay, or at least that's my logic at the end of okay. the day. Um, but they fig- but they rationalize that they're able to disrupt the satellite link. Maybe that'll stop Mechagodzilla here. And the source for this is basically putting water on the computer and frying it, which Wait, is, is not it with, with, so. So Bernie's forever wandering around with a, a flask of of whiskey, of some sort of whiskey bourbon or something like that. Yeah. That was from his wife. Who has died? And it, if it ever goes empty, it's or basically it's like his last will and testament, sort of like, yeah. well, if I'm if this is ever empty, that means I'm dying, and it's the last yeah. hurrah. 
Um, and basically the logic here was that, oh, well, let's get the computer wet and short circuit it. That'll affect a satellite. It's like, yep. That's, that's not how technology works. So if somebody accidentally brought their coffee into this place and spilled it, We'd that would take dead. down your entire system. Mm-hmm. There's no be... fail-safe. No. No fail-safe. Never so much the fact that this is just a terminal connecting to another source here that you're trying to disrupt. Yeah. It's connecting to the server. It's not the server itself. No. Yeah. But but it works. It, it, it works sort of. It disrupts Mechagodzilla enough for... You know, King Kong to grab the axe and then for Godzilla to basically nuclear breath the axe to charge it back up again. Yep. And this charge up axe is enough to basically, King Kong just basically just whacks at Mechagodzilla and takes him down relatively quickly after that. Just chops off his arms, a leg, and then eventually just rips you his skull the, out. Yeah, you see the head come off. It's, yeah. Your final shots of the movie here are... Godzilla has gotten back up, and they're they're looking. Both him and Godzilla are kind of staring at each other, but Godzilla's kind of like, "All right, you get off lucky this time. Don't let me catch you here again." And it just kind of goes back into the sea and runs off. Uh, Godzilla or King Kong here though has migrated to Hollow Earth. Apparently, there's an entire research base there now, so now we can travel to Hollow Earth. We can travel to Hollow Earth. We live in the world where there's the ceiling is also the earth. The roof. And we're able to walk around without getting nauseous, sick, or any sort of gravitational And the little girl's there with them. Mm -hmm. So what kind of life are they having? I don't know. The inference is that they're a couple, kind of. The professor and the, and the, and the scientist lady. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're just, you know, watch out. Kong's going for his morning walk. And it's like everything's perfectly fine now. I'm just like too many contrivances in this movie. If you thought about it for long enough, it doesn't work. But at the same time, I'm also just kind of like, you know what? This was never a movie I was supposed to think about for too hard. If I just turn my brain off, it'll be perfectly fine. No. <laughs> you have to turn your brain off here to 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 fully. I think you really got to do turn off your brain for a good portion of this to really kind of appreciate it. Okay. There's there's enough of it here that like again, I came out of it not appreciating. You know, like why did we need this entire other B plot kind of going on in the background? It wasn't necessary at all. What? Okay. So 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 Walter Simmons is the name of the guy um, who is the Tony Stark sort of character, although he clearly has a Latin accent. Yes. And the name doesn't ring through for me. Okay. And and the and the girl's name last name is Garcia. Her character's last name is Garcia. I think. I think that's what I read. Um, and I, I so I guess. Oh no, it's Mia Simpson Simmons. I'm sorry, She's played by Eliza Gonzalez. Okay. Okay. So. Um, whatever happens to him. Oh, he gets he gets evaporated. So at one Simmons gets Simmons gets evaporated. Yeah, he gets killed. So at one point here, he's going on his like a bad guy monologue, and Mechagodzilla has lost control, and it basically um, does a blast at that control room thingy, the observation room, um, and damages it, um, and then storms <clears throat> off toward Godzilla. But during that process here, he like gets Simmons. 
and kills him at that point. Okay. So, he does die, but I mean, like, it's a very anticlimactic death. So, so this is one of those things like, like the last Wonder Woman movie where I'd like to rewrite it. It, it had possibilities. I, I, I think if you, I think you, it's cut, very manipulative. I think you cut out a fair amount of this movie and, and, and simplify it by not having the secondary story. Yeah. I really do think that like Apex, and again, I don't even think that Mechagodzilla has to go crazy at all. I think if you have it being piloted by somebody here, you know, that like... If you made it clear that you had a break with... That, that Apex had a break with Monarch. Mm-hmm. And that the owner of Apex really thought that the future of the world would be to get rid of the Titans altogether because they're unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And they, they they pose a looming threat. And you can't ever relax as, a, as mankind until that's resolved. Yes. So rather than making peace with it... Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. And and you could do that. It's a little, you make them a little like Thanos. Like, I get Thanos' point. Yeah. Right? We're overpopulated, half the world, you know? And, we and get rid of half of the population. We solve would, a lot of problems. Might, yeah. Um, and, and so you could make him kind of like that, where he's clearly a bad guy, but with good intentions. Actually, I know the better way to do that. Okay. You don't even use Simmons. You get Bradley Whitford from the last movie. Yes. So yeah. because you have a person that was a part of Monarch, and you can have that classic line. It's like, look, <clears throat> we tried. We tried. We tried to rationalize with these creatures. We've tried to work with these creatures. These creatures do not operate on our same level. So we have to end them because yeah. we can't guarantee it at all, and we can't guarantee what they will or won't do here now. So let's get rid of them. Yeah. And I've taken my, and we can say that, like, you know, like, you were really rich this entire time. It was like, of course it was really rich. Who do I look like? You know, yeah. like, you could have find, you could have found a way to make him, like, a big top, or maybe. Or, he, or have him funded by somebody who was rich. He doesn't necessarily have to have the money. Yeah. He could find other people, a coalition of, of people that, that wanted restoration of the world as it used or to be. Or a government as well. The I mean, old what order. Are, or maybe a government, like a Chinese yeah. government, would would like to get rid of him or something, and yeah. is using Hong Kong as a base of operations to do that. Yeah, you know, like I think you, could, I think you, if you had that, it would have made a much better story. And at the end of the day, here, like nobody's wrong either, and that's the best kind of story is when nobody's wrong. Yeah, because then it's a matter of saying here, that, like these are absolutes that we're all dealing with, you know. We have to either come to a middle ground, or you and you can even have them say at the very end here, like, "I still don't care for Titans; and I want them gone." But you have people who want the Avengers gone, yeah, right? Same yeah. sort of thing. And, and again, if you go back to Civil War, neither side are really wrong. I mean, like exactly. Tony Stark really does think that like we need to have a check on us because if we're left unchecked, you know, somebody's going to come for us one day when they think we're not doing what's right for society. But then yeah. again, you have Captain America that thinks that like. If we put the power into other people's hands, those other people could be corrupted and those other people could want to do us harm at the end of the day. Yeah. And they may not let us go into the fights that we think we need to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we can't, you know, we can't work with these guys. It's not going to be for the benefit of us at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that both sides are very, both valid sides here. I think you could, and, and again, the bad guys don't always have to be 
you know, the bad guys can be antagonists, but they don't actually have to be bad guys. Yep. And I think that if you, I think at the end of the day here, especially that if Mechagodzilla, that if Godzilla was attacking Apex because it felt that it was being threatened because they were trying to build a Mechagodzilla, that's a perfectly reasonable thing here at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, that, that part of the story I don't mind. It's this contrived notion of of all these other confluences here at the end of the day that really, in all honesty, really what I would have said here is that instead of making it all about trying to find this hollow earth or element here at the end of the day, Godzilla just attacked Apex. We need another Apex threat threat here to get rid of him. Yeah. Let's get King Kong. King Kong's an Apex Apex Titan. We can cause Alpha them Titan. to clash. Yeah. yeah, let's cause them to clash here at the end of the day. Um, and you can have it where, like, King Kong loses the first battle. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, somewhere down the line here, and you could have had it be a system where, like, Godzilla is still menacing King Kong on their way to wherever they're going to meet at, you know, here. I mean, maybe Hong Kong is the closest distance between Skull Island and um, Hong Kong here. You know, maybe that's the shortest distance place to where you think Godzilla is going to be heading to next because clearly it doesn't like what Apex is doing. Yeah. But I think if you did it that way, you'd get to the, you'd get through the movie a lot quicker than you would necessarily plot to drive it out for it to be a two-hour-long movie. Yeah. Um, I think you could, I think you what you could have here is you could have. Uh, I think you could have Godzilla traveling to Skull Island and fighting there first. And then be on the backside of that saying, like, you know what? Like, or maybe we're going to bring Kong to Godzilla. Yeah. You know, so they fight in the open ocean ahead of ahead of schedule here. Um, but then they're like, no, wait, King Godzilla is actually going toward Hong Kong. Let's take our monkey to Hong Kong. Yeah. You know, after either some sort of rehabilitation or something like that. I, I, I imagine there's a way you can make this movie seem a lot quicker because this movie felt like a longer movie. Well, and to me, it wasn't even so much that it was a longer movie. It was just that there was, it just, you hopped. Around like, a lot. You hopped in between vastly different worlds. Mm-hmm. You were in Center Earth, you were in Hong Kong. You were in Center Earth, you were in Pensacola, Florida. I mean, you were, you were in such vastly different places. And maybe that's what made the first movie work, is that you had different factions, but you were in the same world. Yeah, and we spend a lot more time getting to know these characters a lot more than we do necessarily um, the people here in Godzilla versus Kong. You know, yeah. like you know, like we we get that mad. You know, like I think we we there's a lot of flying stereotypes here. Yep. You know, like you have the death girl that's actually like you know the real heart of the movie. You know, the movie yeah. here in a lot of cases. You know, and nobody's really got nobody's really got a lot of shades of gray in them at all either. They're either black or white. Yep. So, um, and, and and I think you, you know, and this, this really does go back to what I really do feel is the major problem with Transformers, the Transformer movies, is that a lot of the Transformer movies spend a lot of time on the humans and not the actual Transformers. And that is, that's and that, valid. Yeah, and, that's, and that was my problem with I like it. Bumblebee. I like Bumblebee again. Like, I, I think later movies have found found a better way to kind of balance the two out. But the first Transformer movie was basically like 
should have been called Humans and Transformers because there's whole other plots that really have nothing to do with the Transformers that are yeah. just kind of happening in the background um, that don't really add a whole lot to the story at the end of the day. And I think yeah. that, you know, I, I I worry here in this case here, less so with King Kong, or Godzilla, King of the Monsters here, where there are some contrived elements of that as well, but they all kind of meshed well at the end of the day. Yeah. I think this one especially felt... A, it felt in a lot of ways of saying, hey, Godzilla King of the Monsters did really, really good numbers. Let's make a sequel to that right away. And let's do and use let's use King Kong because we already have King Kong in the universe here. Let's use yeah. him. Yeah. You know. Um at the end of the day here, I mean like I liked I think I liked Kong on Skull Island a lot better. I think I guess that's I feel that's your opinion as well. Yeah. 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 So um okay. So let me ask you this, this question. Worked better. Did you like King Godzilla King of the Monsters better, or did you like Godzilla versus Kong better? Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, I like that one better. I because I, I, <clears throat> I really do think like it, it just it just flows a lot better at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 But we'd highly recommend uh, King Kong at the end of the day. King Kong and Skull Island. I, you know, I, I I was really actually a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Yeah, and if when it, when and if that comes to TNT, I'll watch it when it comes on. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the fun thing because right, you know, like right now, if you go on TNT or AMC or you know, like like you're you're bound every weekend, like to hit at some point, somebody's got a Fast and Furious marathon, somebody's got a Harry Potter marathon, if somebody's got a Lord of the Rings marathon going, mm-hmm. um, they're like on a rotation where uh, and Born is another one. Um, where where there you see a whole series that, and and you'll see a series that that are are you know several of the the uh, you know Winter Soldier Civil Wars and you'll see those offer like one week in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so this eventually will join the rotation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm certain that I mean what I will say about legendaries and their monster universe here at the end of the day is that they've done a pretty good job of curating it. I mean like. These are all movies that, like, I enjoyed watching at the very end of the day here, and I would be more... And I, and I like how they're all kind of loosely connected to one another as well. They do a good... Yeah, it's, it's that continuity thing that I think... You, so so my, my one thing about the continuity thing is, like, like you realize that the, the uh, Japanese guy who was um, uh, piloting the mech mm-hmm. is the son of the Japanese scientist who had been in the previous Godzilla movies. Ah, uh, Ken Watanabe, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was, he He was the son. So they do, they do a good job of sort of keeping some of those characters in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's forced. So the inclusion of Mark Russell here, either give him a real role, which he could have had, mm-hmm. if the discussion was, take the Titans out. I I used to feel that way. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, but I've worked with them now. Now I see it differently. He could have had if you had played it the other the other storyline, which to me makes much more sense. Mm-hmm. Which is the Titans give us an unpredictability in the world. We just can't tolerate this anymore. We need to take them out. Yeah. Then you could have had Mark Russell have a really moving role that said, "I lost my marriage over the way I felt about that," but now I see it differently. My my ex wife and my daughter helped me see it differently now i understand the purpose of the titans Titans. at the end of the day you could have had so he could have had a real role Mm -hmm. that didn't feel forced and just like thrown in there 
Yeah, it really did feel like he was here as a cameo, unless it's actually like purposely here. Exactly, and and so and so it had other possibilities. What I'm more curious now is, that especially in the case of like, you know, like this guy Chandler is not a uh, is is while a known name, he's not an inexpensive name at the end of the day. I well, mean, to I have mean, and to have him in this movie. For what amounts to just like uh, like not even a handful of scenes, certainly makes me wonder how much they paid to have him in this movie. It is it is more of a cameo role. He's mm-hmm. in, he's in in a couple different times, you know, it, 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 it serious distances apart. Where's my daughter? I'm texting her. Yeah. Why aren't you answering your phone? Um, and and then and then you know the daughter's saying I'm in Hong Kong. Which doesn't go anywhere at all either. So the entire well, he ends up in Hong Kong. Well, yeah, well, he was in Hong Kong because like that's where Godzilla was traveling to. Okay. So 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 you so you could have had had something that really did tie it as you suggested, mm-hmm. um, and and you didn't do that. So so I I like that they have continuity between films. Um, I would love to know what happened to. I'm curious as to what happened to Skull Island that the little girl's the only survivor. Um. And and that 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 something happened there, and what was it? Yeah, I've, that that Kong can't really live there unless. He's well, I hope they person. do more with Kong here, because again, like it's it, yeah, it's one of those things where like I think because Godzilla's owned by Toho, and eventually Toho might want to take their license back, or or they might say you know like well, it's making them money. Well, yeah, they're it's making them money at the end of the day, but I. I still wonder the fact of like when they're going to say that you know like you know what we we want to make you know we don't we want to make Godzilla movies again uh, we don't want them to be you know we won't we don't want them to be confused with the American Godzilla movies yeah you know so there might be a you know there might be a case to say we take it back you know much in the same way that like Marvel took back you know some of its licenses from other companies again yeah or rather that they had to buy them back but yeah. Um, so I wonder what that might look like here in the future. Um, and so I think that if you keep pushing King Kong as a monster that you can own outright, which they do, they do have the, the licensing rights too, which is a lot, I think, yeah. a lot easier uh, because nobody was doing anything with King Kong before this. Yeah. So. Okay. So my biggest complaint: no Easter egg at the end. Yeah. Well, Nothing in the closing credits. Like, what happened there? Yeah. I was looking for it, too, and I didn't see anything at all. I was very much kind of expecting I it. I watched the credits all the way through. Don't make me watch the credits all the way through and not give me a reward. I skipped through I skipped through them five seconds at a, mo- at a time here, but, like, there was... N- I watched them. I watched them, you know, at the end of, of you know, Skull Island, you get Brie Larson and, and Peter Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. You know, being told by this, you know, being brought into basically, basically being brought into, into, uh, basically brought into Monarch, Monarch. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I was thinking that meant that we'd see them in the next movie. I, I understood why we didn't, but like, it's like, so, I do, I do understand. Yeah. As an aside, mm-hmm. um, part of the second movie was filmed, you know, a lot of it was filmed in Vietnam. And when we were there in 2017, mm-hmm. there were filming crews there in Ha Long Bay. And, oh. and so I'm looking at it going, wow. And so I sure enough, I looked it up and 
and they uh, were the one they were filming yeah, for. Oh, cool! In Halong Bay, so all the things where you saw the scattered little islands, mm-hmm. that's Hong Long, that's Halong Bay, which is absolutely stunning. We we went on a a couple. Of, we we were big enough to have our own private boat, and we went on a cruise for a couple of days in Halong Bay. Cool. Yeah, we celebrated somebody's birthday. I forget whose. Um, but um, but uh, they were filming that at, uh, in Halong Bay at the time. But that was in 2017, which tells you how long filming would have taken. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was um, it was interesting because I went, "That's right, they were filming something." Mm -hmm. That's sure enough. That's what they're filming. That's cool to see a filming set like that, though. Yeah. Or just to see people filming in general, you know, because you never know what those things are going to be at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna have. All the show notes available, which again will be a little bit more condensed uh, this week here um, mm-hmm. on our pod- on our website at the neurotutorialpodcast.com. And we do continue the conversation as well at our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash neurotutorialpodcast. Uh, I apologize that the episodes are coming out a little bit later right now um, or a little delayed because I am moving. Yep. And so I apologize for that, but I will get them out to you guys as soon as I can. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter and either follow some of the topics that we've been previously following or drop us a line and give us either some uh, ideas for future topics, you can let us know at nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter. And so on behalf of myself and my mom, we hope that you guys stay safe out there in these weird times. And we'll see you guys again next time. Bye. Bye.